On today's TurnPod episode, we'll talk about the newest developments within the Ben Simmons saga, Major League Baseball season winding down. We'll see if the Fightins have a chance. MVP races, Tatis versus Harper, Otani versus Vladdy. Week two NFL results and some week three picks. And we'll do our top five list of the week, Jonah Hill movies. But first, a word about our fine friends over at Anchor. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Put down that bag of dicks. It's time for episode six <laughs> of the PA Turn Pod. I am Rob, along with my favorite person to podcast with, Joel. How are you? I'm pretty good, man. I'm pretty good. How about yourself, bro? I'm all right. Hey. I can't complain. It's been a, I mean, been a decent week so far. I mean, you're under you're underestimating, man. It was decent. It was a great week for us in the NFL picks. It's even a better week because uh, your queen's birthday and the executive <laughs> producer of this PA Turn Pod birthday were yesterday. And of course, I'm not going to spoil anything, but uh, these Philadelphia Wolves out here, two and zero, running the streets of Philadelphia. So, and if you, we don't have any video, but if you could see, Rob is probably wearing the Philadelphia Wolves jersey as he should. Manages the team two and zero, but yeah, you're underestimating. It was not a decent week. It was a great week for both of us. I would throw on the dog mask, but I can't wear my headphones around it. And I also can't see out of it. So I wouldn't be able to read our Google Doc. <laughs> awesome. But it was a fun weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it just so turns out that my girlfriend and my dog share a birthday. Um, so happy birthday to both of them. Happy belated, in case anybody forgot. Um, anything, two, anything special for two, uh, for the, the girlfriend? Uh, I mean, aside from all the gifts, but... Uh, Multiple gifts. made dinner last night, but that's about it, yeah. A lot of gifts for both of them. I got Benny a bunch of toys and some treats, got him a cake. Right, how does that work out? How does that work out? Do you go like, like I don't know, 10, 9 gifts girlfriend, or do you go like a bigger, like one gift for the dog and then, you know, spoil the, the girlfriend? So sheer quantity. I think he might have actually outnumbered her. Ooh. Um, most of the gifts are got, got a nice, nice pair of earrings, um, some uh, utensils that she can use at work, like practical things, a nice little like motivational sign to put on the desk. Do that. Uh, then like, yeah, yeah. Stop <laughs> sucking. And then a whole bunch of, um, of like Halloween decorations. Cause we're both really into Halloween. I thought it would fit the theme pretty well. I kind of splurged on, um, I think it's like hollow spirit Halloween or whatever their website. Oh, yeah. like 150 bucks on their website. <laughs> Jesus. They're like, and we then, like um, this guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm a frequent flyer there. I might be a gold member now. <laughs> the only one. Because they're, they're only existing. They're only like in existence for like three months at a time every year. So they have to make their money somehow. Yeah, right. And then like for Benny, got him a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they just pop up forever. Probably laundering money. Do they see you come Benny, up? <laughs> they see you come up to the cashier. They swipe your card like, Rob Rabel. Holy shit. This guy, this guy know we're moving drugs. Um, <laughs> I, uh, Benny got a bunch of toys. I got him some, some stuff from Chewy's website. They had a bunch of Philly stuff on sale. So I got him a Philly's beer bottle. Uh, Philly's peanuts thing, Philly's hot dog and a hamburger. And then uh, he got a cake also. Take care of that dog. He's uh, he's going to start barking at some point. So you probably already hear him, but. I'm surprised he hasn't done so already. You know, barge in here if the door weren't locked. I mean, in pre-production, he was he was letting us know how he felt about the fightings and whatnot. But uh, he's been quiet yeah. lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's big into underdog, so he would have done poorly in the picks last week. But not against them wolves, baby. Yeah. Two and yeah. oh. Yeah. We're too good to be underdogs now. I don't know what's going to happen. We're making all this money. We were plus 220 this week and we, we covered. So I don't know. Oh, I, I smashed on that one. I hope you took the over. 
Uh, baseball is a little risky. It could be like soccer, nil nil, zero zero, and then one <laughs> inning, one wild pitch, it'd be one nothing. I couldn't risk it. Week but one we faced. Oh, week one. Week one we faced a team that only had eight guys, and then Sunday we faced a team that only had nine. So that means this coming Sunday the team we face will have ten, and then by the end of the year, by the end of the season, whoever we play against will have like thirty-five guys on the roster. So a full roster. We're looking to keep that going, winning. and you're yeah. still winning. They're the best team in Philadelphia right now, the Wolves. They're the only team that's undefeated. Talk your shit, King. I guess the Flyers and the Sixers are undefeated, but mm. we don't have guys requesting trades. Mm. Speaking of undefeated, we didn't go undefeated this week in the picks for week two, but we did both, especially me. What a come up this week after <laughs> last week's debacle. Uh, what are the records again? I, I think I had four losses. You had three. Yep, you were twelve and four, and in TTP you were, I believe, one and two. I got to, I got to double check that. Let me see. Um, I was one and, and three. I, okay, you were one and three in that, and then you were two and three. Thirteen and three, and then I was well, two and one this week. I believe two out of three. Yeah, two out of three. Um, the... So, just to touch back on last week, uh, Joel's lock was, was Quarters Cleveland. His dog was Miami, and his point laying was the Rams minus three and a half, which. They won by three, I'm pretty sure. I was fucking pissed. And then my lock was Arizona minus three and a half, and they won by like one. My dog was Baltimore. Big pick there. Baltimore beat the Chiefs, and then laying the points, New England minus five and a half against Miami. Miami did not. Or I'm sorry, that wasn't Miami. Miami was week one. They, who they played last week? The um, Jets. Jets, that's Jets, right. Jets. Zach Wilson. I mean... You know how it is with Bill Belichick. He thrives on facing opposing teams' rookie quarterbacks. Yep. He probably walks around like we're on to uh, the rookie quarterback, salivating at the mouth how he's going to destroy them. Um, speaking about your dog, funny enough, our stories, I know we're not going to touch on it, but my story last week for this past week's uh, league, I had Casey squeezing another victory against Baltimore, but it went the other way around. Baltimore edges out Casey in a thriller in Baltimore. It looked like they were going to finish it off. Um, Kansas City had the ball in Baltimore territory, and it looked like at the very least they were going to kick a field goal. But knowing Reed and Mahomes, they were obviously going to go for seven. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was trending that direction. I think there was like a minute or two left, and they they had the ball in plus territory, and they just fumbled. So, I mean, you were pretty close to being right about that because time runs down, they kill some clock, they kick a field goal and win by, what, two? I think the final score was 31 to 30. Or something like that, or 29 28, something weird. Uh, it was a pretty close game. I mean, due to work, I mean, I, especially Sundays at work for me at the airport, I can barely watch anything, let alone look at my phone yeah. once to see any updates. But uh, I did see the highlights and a little bit of the highlights. It was looked pretty good. It looked it's like a good fun game. atmosphere. 36 um, 35 was the score. I'm sorry. Jesus. Nice. So it was high scoring. It hit the over pretty, pretty easily. Um, would you, since you watched, most of the games on Sunday, would you say that's the best game of the week? It was certainly up there. That was the most exciting game of the week. Um, it usually, um, not to put a damper on the Monday night game for this week, but it's usually kind of stinky when you get to the end of the week and your last game is, and it in like inversely, if the first game, like the Thursday game, was just a clunker. If the Thursday game stinks or if the Monday or Sunday night game stinks, then it kind of ruins it. But I thought they, uh, even though Packers-Lions kind of stunk, Ravens Chiefs was really good. That might have been the best game. Titan Seahawks was a, a sneaky good one too. That was a toss and, up. Yeah, Cowboys Chargers wound up being good. 
And Cardinals Vikings was really good. So we had really good. a handful of like close games. The early window was primarily just like slop. Even the games that were kind of close, like Bears Bengals, really didn't feel. I don't know. I, I for some reason the whole time I just felt like the Bears were going to win. And even though the Colts made it a game, it really just felt like the Rams were going to win that game anyway. Mm-hmm. So that, I think to answer your question, Chiefs and Ravens was really good. And it was exciting. It was exciting at the end of that game, seeing how fired up the Ravens guys were when they converted that first down. Um, any takeaways from uh, week two? Any like performance or any team or teams that stood out to you the most? Uh, like if you can pinpoint one thing out of week two's... Uh, what you call it reactions what would it be so i have three-ish there's our producer making some noise in the background if if you if you thought we were lying <laughs> we're not lying benny the jet is out there i promise noise. he's not locked in my closet <laughs> so the three teams that i thought showed us something this past week I, well so one of them was i think a really good game cardinals vikings cardinals fighting Dude. back winning that game heck of a game game out of Kyler Murray once again. I mean, isn't that the story um, for Kirk Cousins? Like he's in these exciting games out of nowhere and it's dramatic. Like, <laughs> I don't know, fourth down, either he converts it or doesn't, or the kick doesn't go in. Like it always it's the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins. They find themselves in these thriller games and then they come up short. Yeah, it's it's the story of his career. It, for a little while wasn't he just like putrid against teams that were um they were like over 500 or something like that. Yeah. He, he got paid a lot of money. He got paid, was it fully guaranteed or almost fully guaranteed by the Vikings? And people gave him a lot of crap for it. You like that? <laughs> you like that? Um, uh, another team that I was impressed by was Vegas. That's a good call by you. Very good call. Um, yeah, Vegas went into Pittsburgh. And I. so I, in fairness, I really didn't see a ton of that game. I was, we were doing a little bit of yard work. Plus I was picking up food plus baseball that morning. So I, I missed a little bit of the early window. And I didn't see a ton of uh, of that game on red zone, but it looked like they just kind of went in there and handled their business. And that's all you can ask for from a team that is on the road trying to trend upward. Yeah. I'm excited for that team. Gruden has them uh, clicking. Darren Waller's my guy. But uh, I don't know if he caught a touchdown. I don't think so. I don't believe so. Um, and then my third takeaway mm-hmm. is a team that nobody thought would be this good. A team that. By the transitive property, blew out the Packers. My Carolina Panthers took care of business against those bum-ass Saints that I have missed in the playoffs that after one week we all overreacted to. Panthers just <laughs> took it, just handled the game. like It never felt like it was in doubt, and they just did their thing. Uh, what about you? What are your takeaways? Well, first of all, I think you said Packers by accident at some point. I think I yeah, heard well, Packers. That's because the Saints blew out the Packers week one, uh, so... I thought you were saying Carolina blew out the Packers. I'm like, but well, by association, if the uh, the Panthers beat the Saints, and then they're technically better than the uh, NFL mathematics, baby. There you go, geometry. Yeah, (laughs) don't forget your axioms and your your uh, (laughs) all these different properties that we've all forgotten because none of us went to class. Right. Um, Let me see. Something that stood out for me. Definitely, I didn't think Houston. Houston in a loss looked pretty good against Cleveland and before Tyrod Taylor went out hamstring. Um, yeah, that was a very competitive game. Yeah. I didn't, like at first I'm like, he's fucking, because remember my bold prediction, I believe were our four overs and unders. I had them barely winning four games. I'm like, they're about to fucking beat the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. You have them under four. Jesus. They're about to go two and out right now. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> that would just kill me. Um, <laughs> and another team that I lost that uh, that stood out for me were the Indianapolis Colts. Looked like you know Carson Wentz finally got his footing. That team looked pretty good against uh, the Rams on the road. Carson Wentz again doing what he does, just not really. I think he fumbled again or threw a pick. He threw an interception, which Ramsey. got me some money this week. Yeah, the against Ramsey. I used one of my 20% DraftKings boosts on Carson Wentz over half of an interception. So thank you for that, Carson. There you go. I think it was Ramsey. But yeah, in a Probably. loss, in a loss, Indy looked pretty good. In a loss. But yeah, they then, fought. They fought for sure. But then at the end of the game, by the end of the game, Wentz was injured again, which fucking sucks as Eagles fans because we need him to play. Because the more he plays and the more I think they win, we get a higher first round pick. I, think. I believe he has to play 70% of the snaps um, uh, and they make the playoffs. Or if they don't make the playoffs, he has to make, um, he has to play 75% of the snaps, which um, not to spoil anything when we do our predictions, but I don't believe he's playing this week, or at least it's trending in that direction from the last report that I've seen. So yeah, that could definitely hurt. Obviously one game would kill them, but the way he leaves games all the time and the way that they might be conscious of that on the stretch, if they're either, clinched or or they're out of it week 17 they might just bench him totally or week 18 i'm sorry i forgot there's an extra week but they might just start playing him more sparingly down the stretch and try to retain that pick yeah for sure i mean i think loki it's uh went like hey let's just fuck over the eagles like fuck i'm not really hurt come on now let's just fuck them over for one year and then let's get back on track well, um, not to um, not yeah. to spoil it, but I don't know when it's going to launch. Uh-huh. But I know last, I believe it was last Thursday during the Washington New York game, they announced that the Colts would be the first ever team to do an, a mid-season hard knocks. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what happens there, especially now with a little bit of the like adversity going on down there. See what happens with that. That's always a good series. It's very well produced, and it's interesting always to see these players up up close and. Uh, and personal usually the, the it's like five episodes and it's all prior to the season starting mm-hmm. so most of the time you're profiling like these like these college guys who have like a really cool backstory that just get cut at least now you're going to be following mostly nfl guys if they do that i don't know how close they're going to want to follow you know players in the midst of the season but we'll see what happens with that that might be interesting i mean when is it really going to have people follow him that little prima donna don't get me started on that fucker he's gonna go lock himself in a room <laughs> I can't be seen. No, no cameras. I'm hurt. I'm out. Don't don't put yeah. me in there. And can't watch get, him not uh, help the the backup quarterback. I nah, fuck you. Yeah, no cameras in the training room. Who, who's the backup? Brissett. It's uh, Jacob Eason, Ooh. who started his college career with the Georgia Bulldogs, lost the battle to Jake Fromm, and then Eason, I believe, went to University of Washington, I think, and wound up playing there for a little bit. Got drafted by the Colts. He's a tall, like kind of strong arm kind of guy, but I don't know how good he truly is. It turns out the the Bulldogs made the wrong decision in general because they let they started Jake Fromm over him and Justin Fields, and Fields left and became God at Ohio State. <laughs> by the way, Justin Fields kind of just came out about an hour ago. We'll be starting this week for Chicago. So Ooh. something else to look forward to. Let's go. That might change my uh, weekly picks soon. For that one. And uh, my last takeaway, and I'm just, all my takeaways have been teams in losses. So, I mean, Indy looked pretty good. Houston looked pretty good. Um, I don't know how they'll do against your Carolina Panthers tomorrow night. Or if you're listening to this, it'll be today. We're recording on Wednesday. 
So uh, tonight, Thursday night, uh, your Carolina Panthers will be, not to spoil anything, but let's just say that's a lock right there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, heavy my third favorites. one, heavy, heavy favorites. The other one is Detroit. Um, after yeah. getting under from uh, Pencil Boy Patricia, Detroit looks like they're fighting. They really want to fight for this coach, and they're playing hard. Uh, golf, inconsistent. You, you're going to get turnovers from him, but they're, they look like they're in it, but then until Green Bay just woke up, and Aaron Jones, A.A. Ron Rogers to A.A. Ron Jones was a connection. Devontae Adams fucked me in my parlays. But uh, those are my three takeaways for uh, week two of the NFL season. Yeah, Detroit's an interesting team because they um, sometimes you hear about it, and usually it's more just like trying to fill fill space by saying these things, but sometimes people will refer to teams as having taken on the personality of their coach. Mm-hmm. And it seems like when you have a guy like a Dan Campbell, and they also don't forget they have um, they have Deuce Staley now with Detroit. That's right. Two just like hard-nosed guys that are, I would imagine, very good motivators. And it seems like that Detroit team, while it's not the most talented on paper, mm-hmm. they're up and ready to play each week. So that's a fun team to look for this year. Not Obviously not going to make a whole lot of noise, but that's an interesting team to watch because at least they're going to put up a fight every week and not just, you know, waste away. Um, I have some tragic news, though. I mean, not truly tragic, but uh, there's an error in the spreadsheet that I just noticed. Oh, my God. So I was walking in with four losses. I'm not looking at this again. I'm walking away with five losses. You are walking away with four losses because we have in the spreadsheet that the Chargers beat the Dallas Cowboys, which, oh, in fact, geez. is a lie. So All right. Dallas... Because we both picked the Chargers. So out of all our losses, it's surprisingly Dallas and the Eagles. Ah, that's a little mistake. Yeah, uh, no biggie. But, uh, you know. So you were technically 11 and 5. I was technically 12 and 4. So we still had a good week. We're still above 60% for the season, which is good. Yeah. Um, if we shall, I say we take a quick look at our overs and unders from prior to the season. We don't have to dig too deep into this because it's only been two weeks, but yeah. I'm looking at it right here. We should just go um, through it quarter by quarter. So in week four of uh, the season, we'll look into it, see how we mm-hmm. do halfway, three quarters, and then by week 17 or 18, uh, yeah, we'll see if yeah. we're right or not. I was just going to point out the teams that are either winless or undefeated. We don't have to jump too because the one and one teams don't really matter a whole lot. Yeah, Indy right now is 0-2. You have them over 8.5, which is still entirely possible. Giants oh. Oh, and two, I have them over seven. So same boat there. Carolina two and oh, I have them over seven and a half. And then well uh, the way. Jets are oh, and two, I have them under six. So like, that's a weird one. Uh, plus Vegas is two and oh, Minnesota's oh, and two, and Denver's two and oh. So of the teams that are one and one, we're not going to worry about, but I figured that's a nice little idea by you to revisit that. Yeah. I was like, I was curious. I'm like, how, how did we do? Because yeah. I had, cause it all became oh, totally Houston. interesting. Because if Houston's like, I thought they were going to be dead in the water. No, they came to fight against Jacksonville and they came to fight against Cleveland. I'm like, fuck, because I had them under four wins. I thought they were going to go 2-0 already. So I was kind of worried. <laughs> but yeah, we should revisit it in uh, two weeks. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Should we uh, dive into what happened against San Francisco? Talking about the Eagles. Did we yeah, sound a little bit to the T? Not Did a we, whole lot of stuff happened. Were we high? In general. <laughs> I don't Did know. We, so you and I both had them winning, right? Yeah. What was your thought process behind that? Because I, I would imagine we're, we were on similar wavelengths. Um, Sirianni's offense, his aggressiveness, how they fared um, against Atlanta's defense, and how they stifled Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, that offense, 
at, in, in hostile environments. I'm like, all right, we can do that at home, home opener. And also it's a West Coast team heading all the way to Philly. Hostile environment, you know. And Hertz is playing pretty good, his connection with uh, Smith. Like, all the recipes were there, I felt like. And no Mostert for uh, San Francisco, so I'm thinking the run game's not going to be that great. Our D-line is pretty good. But we couldn't stop Jimmy G on those uh, fourth downs, those quarterback sneaks to save our lives. Yeah, it felt like things were trending in the right direction, but I think we got a little overzealous picking them. I felt a little cautious taking them. I just thought it was, you know what, this is kind of a coin flip. Let me just take the home team, which is a trend you'll probably notice for me throughout yeah. the seasons. You know, whenever you're not sure, just when in doubt, just pick the home team because that's kind of how Vegas comes up with lines too. They just yeah. give the home team three points to start. But um, I don't know. Sirianni after the game did take ownership of the fact that his some of his play calling was a little lousy, which I would agree with, and it's nice to see him taking ownership of it. Um, it's refreshing. They try to make a big deal of yeah, absolutely. They try to make a big deal of it on radio. Um, is this an issue because coaches always stand by their plate? No, who cares? He he said he made a couple of lousy calls, including that that stupid, um, that fake Philly special thing they ran where Hertz was the only guy on the pattern. So dumb. That was don't wait, don't waste our time with that. Especially you're, when you're, you need the points at that point. But was, yeah, if you're that close to the goal line, you have a great offensive line, just run the ball or do what you consider to be one of your money plays. Just don't waste our time with some gadget garbage where only one player is on a route and it's quarterback so that's one of the takeaways i had the defense i thought played pretty well um san francisco obviously being held to a low number of points it was an ugly score and it had only happened one other time in the history of football which was i believe 1988 according to uh score gami on twitter so it was an ugly score naturally and i think um i think the game kind of got turned a little sideways in the first half when uh the rager touchdown was taken off the board yeah, I think had that stood, had he not stepped out, I think that would have been a big momentum shift for the Eagles. And I think had they gone up by a score or even like 10 points, it would have been really difficult for San Francisco to get back in the game. Because as soon as San Francisco took control yeah. down the stretch in the first half and into the early portion of the second half, the fans kind of just got taken out of it. So, I mean, either either it was that or the fans eating too many of those uh, ladder flies. What kind of shit was that? Did you see that? <laughs> I actually didn't. You didn't? No. It, for those of you who are not familiar with the Philadelphia area, apparently there's like these uh, lantern flies that just pop up and just annoying all over town. There's like a bunch of them at the airport. Anyway, um, Barstool Philly, I believe, on Instagram. It's like a Philly fan had one in his hand. I think he was dared to eat one, and he ate one literally on camera. God I'm sake. like, you got to be kidding me. Get Didn't the fuck out Eagles fan eat poop a few years ago. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I don't know about that one, but I wouldn't put it past it after seeing that yeah. video. After watching flies. Yeah. Whatever. I think going forward, they'll be in a little bit better position. I, they do have a really difficult stretch coming up, though. They play Cowboys and then they play Monday night the Chiefs and then they play the Panthers. So they could very well be looking at four consecutive losses. I mean, I think um, the Panthers will take their first L against the Eagles. Panthers are going to blow the Eagles out. Um, Sam Darnold? Come on now. Don't get me yeah. started. I suppose. <laughs> um, That's where you and me yeah, will go back and forth on that game. Whenever that, that game, that might be a 40-minute breakdown of its own. I'm just going to name every player on each team and compare them to one another. You'll probably uh, be like that uh, That Mets fan, that New York fan that I mentioned last week's episode. You're going to be yeah. having like a, uh, <laughs> a Phillies hat with a 
Sam Darnold Panthers jersey on with something else on. You know what I'll do is I'll find a Robbie Anderson Temple jersey or something. This way I can have my I can dip my toes in the each uh, body of water with the Philadelphia Wolves hat on. Yeah, <laughs> the only good team, the only good green team in Philadelphia right now. And a Bryce Jer- a Bryce Harper like uh, fat head in the background. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Andrew McCutcheon five by seven on the desk. Um, quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. Philly at Dallas Monday night. What's the story coming out of that game? Do you think anything uh, you have? I would just say, so when I, when we envision this story thing, I don't know how you normally read it, but I usually picture it as what will the screen on ESPN say the following day Mm -hmm. after when they're breaking down the game. Um, So for this, I'm going to say the story coming out of that game, not to kind of spoil my pick for that game, is just going to be about how Dallas is probably the front runner slash favorite in the NFC East, and that the Eagles are not necessarily up to speed as far as like there's like they're still just a step behind in their development as a uh, uh, as like a rebuilding slash retooling franchise. I think Dallas will solidify themselves as the. Um, I don't like using this term because it sounds almost like they're an elite level, but they will consider themselves like they'll be considered the class of the NFC East at least for this season. Um, yeah, that's how that's how I read it as well about story of the week. And uh, you are you are just hammering my uh, bold prediction of early in the season, hammering that the Cowboys will win the NFC East. So well, look, that. it's still entirely possible that Philly gets in as a wild card, which was one of your bold predictions as well. So you. let's not put that to bed just yet, especially if they get oh, yeah, healthy. Sure. Um, worth mentioning, Brandon Brooks is going to be out temporarily. Brandon oh, Graham, good. one of one of my favorite players ever, is out for the season with an Achilles injury. Uh, Brandon Brooks, I believe, has a pec injury, but it's he's so he's on injured reserve, but it's not the long term one. I think it's the one where you have to be on there for like three weeks, I think. Okay. So he's out for a little bit, and then hopefully he comes back strong. They do have, I believe, Landon Diggers that is healthy. So my guess is that he will be playing guard unless they named a starter at guard already, but we'll Damn. see what happens. This is going to be a tough week. Um, week two already. And, the offensive yeah. line isn't even healthy. And Michael Parsons, who was moved from linebacker to like edge rusher for the Cowboys last week was named the defensive rookie of the week. So Cowboys already kind of on the come up. Um, for my story of the week, I think uh, Zeke's resurgence, he'll have a two rushing touchdowns. He'll have a big game rushing touchdowns. I think Zeke's uh, form has been shitty of late. Dating back to last season, I think this is the the game where he'll uh, be a standout. Give Dak some rest as well. Uh, we like seeing Dak back, but we don't want to see him hurt. Yeah, I agree. So I think it's, I uh, think you could be dead on with that. Pollard has looked really, really fresh to start the season, but I don't know how likely it is they're just going to use Pollard as the, uh, the either lead back or like splitting carries with Zeke. They're still going to have a lot of money invested in Zeke, so they're going to give him every chance to shine. Actually, I'll I'll modify it. Zeke will lead the game in rushing wise, but the running game alone with Pollard running and passing, I mean, catching with uh, Zeke's run will uh, overtake the game. So and don't forget potential for Dak Prescott to make some plays with his legs too. It doesn't necessarily have to run and get rushing yards, but he... Extend the play. He, yeah, exactly. He's as mobile as anybody. Yeah, for exactly. sure. Um, so, all right, uh, let's just move on to our uh, week three picks. But before that, there's a night preview tomorrow night. Your Carolina Panthers versus the now injured Houston Texans, one and one versus 2-0, and not respectively, because Panthers are 2-0. and But Rob, what do you got? 
No, I really don't know. So a couple of years ago, I think the NFL made it a point to make the like the London games a little bit more entertaining and make these Thursday games more entertaining. Because mm-hmm. for a long time, it felt like we were just getting like Jets and Bills. They were both kind of crappy. Yeah, Jacksonville was on every Thursday. It felt like you were getting, you know, the Browns. This feels like a 2016 Thursday game, even though the Panthers have shown us a lot so far. This is just, I wouldn't be surprised if 13 people watch this game and that's it. <laughs> um, Texans are hosting the Panthers. Right now it's an eight-point Panther line. Uh, the over-under is set at 43 and a half, which tells you that they think it's going to be like, what, 25 to 18, like 26 to 20-ish, whatever. I don't know. You I'm bad at the math. Points? Terrible at algebra. Um, Carolina's minus 420 and Houston's plus 330. So like... I don't know what's your Fandle. read on it. Yeah, According what's your read on this? I mean, I'm, I I don't know if anybody's betting the Texans this week. Um, unless you're a Houston Texan fan. Well, unless you're the uh, underdog kind of guy. Over here with the overs club, so I might smack that over clean. Uh, I think uh, I didn't know Tyrod Taylor was out on injury reserve. I've been so out of the the loop, so that kind of like made it like, oh, all right, I can kind of see why it's the money lines that way. Yeah. Um. I like I like them on the road, and I think McCaffrey's gonna have a big game. Not to spoil anything, but uh, yeah, I think because of Houston's situation, and now they don't have the quarterback anymore, you get to rely on the rookie, uh, Davis Mills, I believe, from Stanford. See how he fares. But uh, yeah, I have, I think I have a uh, good idea who's gonna win that game. Yeah, it just feels like one of those games that might be a little ugly, a little gross, but that the better team just pulls away as the game progresses. Mm-hmm. I could see it being like seven. Then three Panthers after the first quarter, like 14 3 after the first half. And then that final score is like 31 to 10 or something, like something stupid. It's just not going to really keep our interest throughout the game. Dare um, I say it's a blowout. For the Panthers. Oh. Benny the Jet. He must he not, not like. like my... Yeah, he doesn't like that. <laughs> He's not a big fan of the Panthers, I suppose. He's like, you picked off in Panthers over Sham Darnold? What? Yes. What? A couple of injuries to make note, uh, note of. You get Tour Gross Matos, the defensive end for the Panthers, a Penn State guy, by the way. Jesus. Questionable. Morgan Fox, another defensive end, questionable. And Pat Elfline, a guard, is on the injured reserve. So nothing groundbreaking, but a couple of guys that are. We'll see if either of those two guys will play. Yeah. I mean, Panthers are pretty set on offense, <laughs> they're loaded. I just saw your note. Danny's still in the league, Amendola. Doubtful. <laughs> I was surprised when I was looking at the notes and like, he's in this? Is doubtful referring to him still being in the league or doubtful in terms of him playing? <laughs> so I, I had no idea he was on the Texans. Uh, Texans have just a for injury, but yeah. I don't think he's They just have a random group of skilled players. Their yeah. running back room is Mark Ingram, Phil Lindsay, David Johnson, and Rex Burkhead. And then their wide receivers, they have Anthony Miller, who they got from the Bears, the, uh, the Memphis product. They have Brandon Cooks, who... Went to sleep in Super Bowl and woke up in L.A. And uh, <laughs> apparently Danny's still in the league in Mandola. You could tell me Andre Johnson is still on that team, and I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> the freak. Uh, speaking of wide receivers, they also lost Nico Collins. They're wide out. He's on injury reserve as well. So. Yeah, so. And obviously they lost Tyrod Taylor for the season, I believe. If not, he's probably on that short IR with the hamstring injury. So yeah, Speed of recovery to Tyrod Taylor, friend of the show. Yeah, he, he did well week one. Um, so what do you have as far as do you, do you like any props in this game? Um, I have some down, but at the moment, I'm probably just doing it in real time right now for any time touchdowns 
if you are a betting person. McCaffrey minus three sixty. DJ Moore plus fifth one fifty. I like that. Brandon Cooks plus one eighty five with a rookie quarterback. Eh. Robbie Anderson plus one eighty five. I like that too. Mark Ingram plus two hundred. Um, I would probably lean more on McCaffrey, DJ Moore. No, no, McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson to get you a touchdown. Yeah, Robbie Anderson sure. is good for at least one long one each week. He burned the uh, the Jets last week. Yeah. Uh, out of that, <laughs> that must have, have been really. <laughs> I I think the only guy I really am interested in there is probably Robbie Anderson. I obviously I'm a big fan of his, but I think that you know playing against a team like the Texans, it's just hard to imagine that they're going to be able to stop both DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So if they put emphasis on stopping one, the other will burn them. So I would probably consider taking the over on both of their yards. I didn't even look into that one yet. Um, what'd you call it? Uh, first I like you like this cause the crap shoot, the first touchdown score. I'm not really a fan of those. I hate them, but I, I like to do them every so often. Uh, from what we have right here, what do you like? If you would, if that was first your only four touchdown options. score. Um, McCaffrey two plus two eighty, Moore plus seven fifty, Robbie Anderson plus eight fifty, and then Ingram and Cooks plus one thousand. Um, probably go DJ Moore. Really? I thought you'd go Robbie Anderson. Yeah. Good long one. Just so I did find another prop I like. Once you tell me yours, uh, who do you like for first touchdown score? I normally don't do this, but I would pick Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I, I one thing I do like it's plus one hundred two right now, so it's actually plus money. Robbie Anderson's longest reception over twenty and a half yards. So all he has to do is either catch one and take it twenty yards, or catch oh, one forty yards in the air and take it to the house. So oh, plus one one hundred two. Yeah, plus one hundred two for that one. There's a couple decent ones here. Hammer I mean, that one. I'm looking here. David Johnson over ten and a half. So that's just like if he catches a screen pass or a check down and takes it for a first down. Brandon Cooks, 23 and a half. DJ Moore, 24 and a half. Christian McCaffrey, 16 and a half. So if he breaks one, there you go. Screen pass. I like that. A little dump and play, a little check down poppy from uh, Sam Darnold. Um, especially Both. speaking of poppies out here, two touchdown poppies, two touchdown scores. I didn't put Robbie Anderson. I put DJ Moore at plus 1,100. McCaffrey plus 190. I don't like either. I don't like anybody to score two. I don't know. McCaffrey. Caffrey's the only one I would consider, and it's obvious that they expect us to consider him at plus 190. But like you said, crapshoot, really don't know. Total crapshoot. I'm going to look up the odds for Mark Ingram because I feel like if anybody gets two goal line carries, it'll be him with a rookie quarterback and an inexperienced team. Uh, two plus touchdowns. Mark Ingram plus 1,700. Throw like a dollar on that. Jesus. <laughs> I like that. Um. What, what do you think about the rookie, uh, Davis Mills? They have him in the passing yards over under 216 and a half yards at minus 114. I'm taking the under. Really? Yeah, Panther defense is really solid. I understand that they'll probably be losing, so they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. But yeah. just because they have to doesn't mean they will be able to do it effectively. So I'm going to take the under on that. How about you? I might take the over. No, I might take the under. Because I got to also, I didn't check this, but I want to see the interceptions on the. Because I'm pretty sure that rookie's going to throw multiple interceptions. I'm going to say over two. How about over Sammy, Ma, uh, Sammy, Sammy Darnold? Uh, Sam Darnold. 258 and a half. Ooh, I'm going to go under on that one. I'm going to go under on that one. I think McCaffrey, the run game's going to be pretty good and they're going to waste mm-hmm. on the clock. 
but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes over because DJ Moore and Rob Anderson might just take it. And also, sure. uh, McCaffrey might get some uh, yak on that one. I actually can't find uh, interception numbers on FanDuel right now, which I'm trying to check for you, but... I know where it is. Um, but that's something to look out for, for interceptions for the young rookie. It's one and a half I would take over. Because like you said, they might be down early, so he's going to force him to throw. And it's his first real game. I think the last time he played was in against Cleveland in the preseason. From what I checked on his career stats and he's a rookie. So yeah. for what it's worth, sure. DraftKings does have interception props. Um Davis Mills over 0.5 is minus 205. Oh, Jesus. Sam Darnold over 0.5 is plus 110. So they I mean, must not think that Darnold's gonna do it, but they think that Mills will do it, but they don't want to put it at one and a half because that's I'd put five bucks on Darnold. Dangerous. On the road in Houston. Yeah, who knows? Maybe he might make a mistake or maybe a ball would get tipped at the line and you never know. Those interceptions are sometimes too. are crapshoots. Yeah, those are cheap uh, interceptions. It's like a, a tip play, and then it's, no, it lands in someone's hands. Yeah. It's not like he threw it into his hands. Um, touchdowns, real quick, before uh, we go into who you got. Darnold, over one and a half touchdowns at minus 140 or under one and a half at plus 112. Uh, I'll go over. Same. Uh, the rookie, though, same thing. One and a half TDs. Over plus one sixty two, under minus two twenty. That Say one, under. I might go over because he's gonna throw it. Never know. Get down to the goal line, maybe like shovel pass. Don't be like uh, Carson went to throw an interception as a shovel pass. <laughs> what the fuck was that, my guy? Only Carson once could do that. Um, I might just take the over on that one. Maybe five bucks on that. We'll see what I, I like. I like the oh, two touchdowns. Oh. I'll take the under. I think they'll they'll maybe score two touchdowns all game, and one of them will at least be on the ground. I mean, what at this got? point, I mean, yeah, at this point, I think it's safe to say that we're both on the same page of who we got. I think yeah, we're gonna go with so uh, Carolina Panthers. I think e- I think easily though. I'm gonna go. I mean, we really don't do score predictions, but I think I'm gonna do 38-17. Okay, so you have one more touchdown for each team than I do. I have 31-10 Panthers. And I think that covers the over, if I'm not mistaken. For uh, what the over is what? 43? 45. Is it 45? It's uh, we'll do it live. We'll do it live. The 43 and a half. 43, yeah. So, uh, that, that, we would both hit the over. All right. So, there is actually, I, I wouldn't 31 to 10. I would not hit the over. So, maybe I'm sweating bullets at the end there, but who knows? <laughs> All right. So, we both have um, the Carolina Panthers winning this week. We're going to jump into our weekly picks. Yes. Uh, Joel, the podcast, and I are going to just run down each game, little nuggets here and there. Uh, some of these are actually pretty difficult. Um, I'm actually very interested to hear what you think about some of these games because some of them I'm not totally sure of. And then there are a bunch that the line is just so wide that they're almost begging us to pick the dog. But <laughs> let's start with the uh, – let's just start hot. One o'clock window. We have the Washington football team against the Buffalo football team. Washington Buffalo. at Buffalo. Buffalo's favored by seven and a half. I don't believe that. This is all according to ESPN.com before the Wednesday show. So they could change, obviously, by Sunday. Um, and two things of note. We're thinking about doing a second podcast closer to the weekend, closer to game time to really hone in on, on these picks. And also, next week, we're going to do our top five WFT potential names. So stay tuned for that one next week. But, uh, yeah, minus seven and a half, Buffalo. They're thinking 45 and a half total points. Who you got, Rob? 
I'm going to go Buffalo to win, but I, I'm not scared off by that number. I might take Washington to cover that. Seven and a half is a lot of points, and I think they have a good enough team. Heineke showed us a little bit last week. I know they struggled with the Giants, yeah. but I think that they showed us something and they'll be able to build. I think they'll cover that, but I think Buffalo wins. Uh, same. I have Buffalo as well. And uh, what do you call it? Uh, Josh Allen's also a mobile quarterback as well. He's a big boy, though, bigger than uh, Danny Dimes there. So I think they've learned their lesson not to let a quarterback burn you on the run like that. But uh, I have Buffalo at home, too. They get redemption in front of their home fans. Yeah, um, they came out and played pretty well last week, so I think yeah. they'll continue that this week. They were shell-shocked by uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Next one, we have Chicago heading into Cleveland. Cleveland minus seven. Chicago will be starting Justin Fields. Now, that number might be from prior to when they announced the starter, but same idea applies. We're not really playing with lines right now. We're just playing with winners. So who do you think? This one's a toss-up because Cleveland always in, in these close battles. It's like they start slow yeah, or they rely on Nick Chubb and then they go rely on the pass. They're Last week was battles. a little bit closer than I'd feel comfortable with. Against Houston, right? Yeah. And then prior to that was uh, the rematch with Kansas City, and that was pretty much That Kansas City game came down to the wire as well. You're right. And the Cleveland's at home again. Dog pound. Who do you like? Because Justin Field changes everything for me now. I feel like Chicago, new life, play a little harder for the rookie. But uh, I'm going to go with Cleveland. Yeah. Just like you say, if it's a toss, I'll just go with the home team at this point. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be particularly close, although Chicago's defense will probably make enough plays to keep them competitive for the most part. Yeah. I think it'll end up being a two-score game, so I believe mm. Cleveland covers that, but I'm going to go Cleveland to win. All right, I like that. And it's uh, not just because they're the home team, although I do agree with you. It toss-ups, you almost have to pick the home team, but I think that in this game, it, it's the line is a little bit more telling than uh, than we might think. I think Cleveland is... This could be a get-right game for Cleveland, especially feasting against a, uh, a pretty crappy offensive line and a very inexperienced quarterback. So, so we'll you, see what happens. Are you saying – I would go under on that as well. They have it at 45 and a half. I think I would go 25. under. Yeah, the way both teams are probably going to rely on the run, Nick I would Chubb's assume the clock beast. will run a lot. Chubb and Hunt, and then you got Montgomery, and Fields might carry the ball a little bit too. I think the, the, the clock will be a little bit of an issue as far as – scoring goes because we need to run the ball so much the clock just runs out so quickly but um and uh, odell beckham could play this weekend i don't think it's been confirmed yet but um it looks like the stavansky is expecting him to play but who knows something could change on game day yeah um next up we baltimore. got baltimore heading into detroit another really ugly indoor stadium seems like all the indoor stadiums are hideous except la we're talking about from like what almost a decade ago plus since these indoor stadiums were uh, built. Yeah, it's been a little while. Vegas has a nice one, but the Indy has to just demolish theirs, and Detroit's is kind of gross-looking, too. <laughs> Baltimore's heavy favorite in this one. There's a bunch of heavy faves this week. Baltimore coming off an emotional victory. Detroit coming off an unemotional loss. Who do you like this week? Uh, do I even need to ask? Uh, Baltimore. Uh, on paper, they're the better team, more experienced, yeah. uh, better quarterback. Not, I don't know about throwing because I guess golf is a little bit of throwing, but no. Golf has shown us something this year, though. I think golf will keep them competitive. I think golf has a chip on his shoulder. For sure. No, I um, totally agree. Yeah, the way he got kind of just dismissed at the end of the season last year. Um, Swift and Williams have both looked pretty good. Uh, golf seems to trust the uh, the guy 
uh, if I'm saying it properly. Yeah, he likes him and he likes the Cephas guy. Yeah. Um, Dude. I, so I feel like I heard his name a thousand times on Monday. I was looking at the props for that game. I'm like, all right, he caught one last week, but like he's <laughs> he's like it was like a plus four fifty for him to get a touchdown. I was like, I'm not touching that. I'll touch Hawkinson, which he got a touchdown. Yeah, that was when a he got a play. touchdown. I was like, fuck. Yeah, Goff likes him. Uh, Detroit's defense. So uh, Detroit, I mean, they got blown to pieces this week, but Detroit has stayed in games, and I think they mm-hmm. take on the personality of their coach the way I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Dan Campbell has those guys wanting to play for him, or they're just scared to fail because he'll probably beat beat the crap out of them. But and eat their knees. Yeah, Dan Campbell just. Wrestles you to death. Also, I would go probably, Baltimore as well if I, if I didn't already say it. I mean, yeah. And also, I think they they realized that, oh, a guy that actually uses a marker instead of a pencil. They can actually read what's sheet. being written on the play sheet. Exactly. <laughs> Patricia's sitting there, you know, writing in, you know, like the white, um, the white crayon on white paper, basically. <laughs> and Dan Campbell's just speaking things and writing in black permanent marker because he's a, he's a man's man. He's hey, not coach. a pansy. Hey, coach, how can we read this? Use piss. There's a hidden message in there. No, just tell me what it is, and we can just go from there. But, yeah, uh, Baltimore all the way. But Detroit, we like Detroit. And uh, one last thing. Past two weeks, I don't know what's up with Vegas, but they keep disrespecting golf and having him one and a half, and it's a plus every time. He's been great. Yeah, he's been solid this year. And I'm hammering it every time. Hammering it every time. Yeah, I agree. So I think he's going to get two touchdowns here. No, I I I think so, too. Um, next up, we have one of only two divisional matchups, unless I'm missing one on the sheet here. We have uh, Indianapolis at Tennessee. Feels like they play eight times a season, even though they only play twice a year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is this is pretty much your number one. I, I I don't know how you feel otherwise, but maybe aside from the AFC, I'm sorry, the NFC West, mm-hmm. this might be the most competitive division, and it might only be a two-team race. Indy Tennessee feels like a really interesting toss up here. What do you? What's your take on this game? In the beginning of the season, yeah, because we both I think flip flopped on who's winning the division and who's going to the wild card because it's one and two. Yeah, just like in, just like in baseball, it's the Dodgers or San Fran in the NL West. They're one and two. They'll flip flop. Yeah. Um, but now that we've seen two two weeks of the season, Tennessee flopped in Week One against Arizona, came back against Seattle. I believe they lost that game. I'm not no, they won it overtime that game. Yeah, but that was a toss up because Seattle at home is almost unbeatable, and then Indy looked good in a loss. Carson Wentz is hurt. I don't know if he will play this week. I don't think they're expecting him to. So right there, that already takes down your starting quarterback. Um, and Tennessee's at home. Redemption. Another team looking out for blood after failing their home opener like Buffalo did last uh, two weeks ago. I'm going to have Tennessee barely edging. It's going to be close because I, I am not a fan of Ryan Tannehill. I am not sold on him. I have the same feeling I had. For him, as I did for golf with the L.A. Rams. They're talented on paper. They can put mm-hmm. up points, but am I really sold on golf as a quarterback? I'm more sold on Stafford on the Rams than I was with golf on the Rams, if that makes sense. And uh, Tannehill has been proven quarterback in the league, but I don't know. I feel like he does a little too much, and he likes to run the ball as well. So look for him as an anytime touchdown scorer. But I have Tennessee. I'm going to go Tennessee as well. Um, but that's just because I think there's a little bit of uncertainty with Indianapolis, mm-hmm. Tennessee also coming off of a, you know, a pretty rough loss and then an emotional victory. I think that could be something that catapults them and gives them some momentum. I still think they're the best team in that division. I know you disagree, but I still think they're the best team in that division. Um, when fully healthy, obviously, but I mean, that's I'm going to go Tennessee. 
I do have a couple notes here on um on the former Eagles quarterback who is now the quarterback on the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Redacted. Um, update on redacted. So the swelling has gone down and he's feeling better hour by hour. Um, he keeps stressing that they have a long way to go before kickoff. Uh, and he's willing to play without any practice reps. So bet the interception there. Frank Reich <laughs> indicated the team will prepare for Jacob Eason to start, but hasn't ruled out Carson Wentz. I read that. I don't know how you do. I'm interested to see how you think, but um, I kind of read that as, all right, well, we're not going to rule Wentz out, but I think we're going with Eason. Same. I mean, you don't want to okay. have a repeat of when he was in Philly and, you know, speculation and hints like, oh, he's not going to play. Let's just put a starting quarterback when he did, when he wants yeah. to play. He might be, before we move on, he might be the Kawhi Leonard. I'm not saying he's t- that great of a difference maker, Kawhi Leonard. He but wishes he was Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> facts. Um, he probably has the per- same personality. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, injury-wise, I think he's in more control of his own body. And he, if he says he wants to play, he wants to play because he knows his own body. But I think Yeah, I think if he says wise, he's ready to go. The team-wise is going to be like, no – we're going to sit you down and he's going to rub him the wrong way. So look out for that. Yeah. I think if he says he's ready to go, he'll play, but I don't know how likely it is. That's how I read it. When you said that they're going to prep for Eason, but they're going to probably have Carson to start. If Carson really wants to play. I would agree. Um, Then we got the Clippers. Jeez. I did it again. I did it all the time. I do it every time. time. It says LAC. So I think it's the Clippers. Uh, Chargers. Chargers at Kansas City. This Lob actually, City. so I lied. There's actually three divisional games. I forgot they're in the same division. So we got DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul heading into KC to take on the uh, the Royals. So, so we have uh, Chargers <laughs> at Kansas City. This could be a good game. Uh, the line indicates elsewhere, you know, otherwise, but I think it'll be pretty good. How about you? Same. Um, we're big uh, Justin Herbert fans, friend of the show yeah. as well. Um, also, Patty Mahomes, but uh, oh yeah, he's fantastic. Division games are always a toss up. Those teams know each other in and out. They see each other twice a week, twice a year, and uh, we're big on the Chargers for the season as well. Mm. If I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, tough loss at home, I believe. Yeah, at home against Dallas yeah, last home. week for home opener Chargers. in that beautiful new stadium. Looking trash. Well, their home opener. I think they share it with the Rams, but it was their first game at home. Uh, uh, Kansas City coming off a tough loss. I I'm gonna say Kansas City. What about you? I'm gonna say the Chargers. It's gonna be our first. Uh, okay. Difference. No, I can totally see that. Simply because this is now two weeks in a row, obviously two mm-hmm. weeks in the season. KC has just not looked like that unbeatable team. I agree that, that totally. Unstoppable. Like there's some holes you're seeing. I don't know, maybe Pat Mahomes is not fully healthy. Tyreek Hill is not really getting off like that. And I think there was a report after week one or prior to the season that, uh, butchering his name, Bill Benemy. Uh, Eric Benemy. Eric Bieniemy, I think accepted or is going to accept a head coaching job in college. I think At, uh, so. He's been rumored for rumored. the USC job because Clay Helton was dismissed, I believe, after week two or week three of the uh, college season. So he's rumored to take the job at USC. Whether that happens, we'll see. I think he's more likely. Just my read on it is he's more likely to take an NFL job. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? I think Kansas City does not have as much juice this time around for whatever reason something's off there they didn't yeah. they got they had their first lead i think since the afc championship game like they didn't have a lead in the super bowl and they didn't have a lead until like the very end of that browns game so mm-hmm. i don't know what it is i think that that super bowl might have just drained them a little bit i think they're also in a, in a similar situation kind of how like 
I, I know it's not easy to compare sport to sport as apples to oranges, but kind of how LeBron every year is just like his his whole goal is just to get to the playoffs. Yeah. I think Kansas City, they couldn't care less about the regular season. They're just more concerned about getting to this playoffs healthy and getting to the Super Bowl. So whatever they got to do to get there is just going to – is what they'll do. They'll get up for games like this, but they're going to probably not be as into them when they play against like the Jets of the world and teams like that. So – I agree. I think I think they'll they'll have some juice this week. They're playing what is basically going to be a potential playoff matchup. I think it's like uh like the Warriors as well. Just going through the motions in the regular season and then when it gets yeah. crunch time, let's turn it on. Exactly. Um, uh next one is tough. Uh for the record, you have Casey. Yes, I do. I'm sorry. Yeah, you have the Clippers. The Clippers. The, you have the Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I look at it, I think Clippers. So uh, you have Chargers, I have Chiefs. That's our first difference. This right. one, the next one is probably the hardest one for me. It's no, think? no at NE. So the, <laughs> so no is taking on Northeast. Yeah. Northeast High School. Hopefully they're not playing the same time we do on Sunday because we use their field. Uh, so we have <laughs> New Orleans heading into New England. Um, a battle of the two letter abbreviations, uh, not to foreshadow too much, but Green Bay San Fran. We have two games this week where both teams have two letters as their abbreviation. Very exciting. Um, How do you so like New that Orleans, though, by the way? Do you like that? The two letters or do Kirk Cousins? Oh, I don't really care. <laughs> I just I, call them by the names anyway, but I think it does look kind of cool. It looks interesting on the screen when it's two teams playing. Like it says N over Stenny at the bottom. It looks weird when it's like, like Arizona versus Green Bay because then you got one team with three and one team with two. Yeah, like Miami at LV lost. Yeah, Vegas. looks it's stupid. Kind of yeah. Um, uh, who do you think wins this game? I don't know. This one's a toss up. I agree. I, because. New England at home, like Matt Jones is getting comfortable, dispersed of the 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 Jets, but New Orleans like dog shit against mm-hmm. the Carolina Panthers, but they look like world beaters against uh, Green Bay, I believe. Yep, famous Jameis is there <sighs> on the road too. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go New Orleans. I think they got embarrassed, and I think Sean Payton. Yeah, gonna, I'm in the same boat. Gonna get that back, but never rule out Bill Belichick at home. Yeah, I'm looking at, at it from a similar standpoint. I think New Orleans coming off of an embarrassing loss. Like, I think that was, even though it was on the road, it was against a team that is better than people will probably expect. Mm-hmm. They're coming off an embarrassing loss on the road. Uh, they have played now two games, one against a, a very good team that they blew out, which should have been competitive, and then one against a team that was kind of competitive against you know a good team. New England has lost to the only good team they've played. They just blew out a college team last week. I don't know if New England has shown me much. Um, granted, rookie quarterback, it's all about progressing and getting better. They yeah. still have Belichick. I think it'll be a good game. I can see it being close, but I think New Orleans takes this one as well. Agree. Um, um, now, the next one is going to be close for the for a different reason. New Orleans, <laughs> New England will be close because both teams are good. This one will be close because both teams suck. Um, my, my NFC winner is just flushing down the toilet right now. Um, Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta heading to New Jersey to take on the New York Giants. Giants are currently three-point favorites, which to me tells me they think it's a toss-up because usually Vegas, the rule of thumb is three points for the home team. Um, same thing with the next game, but uh, Atlanta at the Giants, what's your prediction for this one? Um, I think New York will eke out the victory. Uh, Saquon's there. Danny Dimes, we saw what he did last week against uh, WFT. Um, and I think they're just going off of the two games for Atlanta as well. That's why it's so close because Eagles upset them at home. 
Then they fought, uh, not fought, but like they matched up against Tom Brady the next week. That was a pretty good game, aside from the interception, the pick sixes. That last pick, but they, they were in that game. Atlanta really? was. Huh. Well, yeah, like, was I, a, I didn't see. It. I just saw the game. score. I'm like, oh, all right. I think they showed us something for sure. The Giants haven't shown us anything yet. And I might flip flop on this one. I'm I'm already flip flopping, but uh, I'm gonna go with the Giants, the home team. It's yeah, on the road as a, well. Atlanta. Yeah. Ah, I'm gonna go. This is gonna be the Giants get right game. I think they win this game. Uh, I think they cover that three as well. I think they win by like ten. Really? Yeah. I I don't know. It just seven. feels like a game where they kind of get back on track. So they've been easing Barkley back into it. I think this could be a game where they maybe say, "Hey, let's Let loosen." Lose. Yeah, let's loosen the handcuffs here a little bit. Loose. Take maybe take one of the training wheels off. Hit let him roam free. Daniel Jones did look pretty good last week against a team that is you know known for its defense. Maybe Washington's defense is a tad overrated, but still did against a good defense, a much better defense that he's going to be facing this Sunday. So I'll go Giants as well. Cool. Um, next we have Joe Burrows, Jamar Chase heading to Pittsburgh. How do you like this oh, matchup? God, another tough one. Uh, I, so I actually, I goofed really heavily earlier. This, there'd be a four divisional matchups this week. This is another division <laughs> matchup. I, we I can't prep. Read. All right. Hey. Yeah, we certainly do. Um, <laughs> so Cincy, a lot of weapons there. Tyler Boyd looking pretty good. T Higgins looks awesome. I really like T Higgins, game. Jamar Chase, of course, um, Pittsburgh, they have the, the TikTok boys and the rapist, and <laughs> the rookie running back. I think Pittsburgh coming off a tough loss. I think they are more battle tested and more likely to bounce back. Uh, Cincinnati coming off a you know a good win in the first week and then you know a pretty whatever loss last week or did they lose last week? Yeah, they lost to the yeah. Bears, right? Very close. Yeah, coming off a loss, I, I I'm I struggle to see a young team bounce back from adversity. Pittsburgh, Tomlin has never had a losing season. I think he's going to get those boys right back on track. I want to go Pittsburgh in this one. Um, I want to say Cincy. I like Burrows and Chase. I wanted to. I think you showed me uh, an eerie similar of how they did in LSU, the same touchdown. Oh, that, was, that was cool, wasn't it? Yeah, so there's a picture. I'm sorry, there's like a, an edited video on Twitter or Instagram or something of Burrow and Chase connecting for their first touchdown in the NFL together. And it was um, it was clipped together audio and picture-wise with one of their touchdowns from the national championship game a few years ago. It looked almost the exact same. Kind of like the Devontae Smith touchdown week one. Yeah. Where it was in the same spot in the same stadium as his championship-winning touchdown against Georgia in the national title game a few years ago. Even um, Jamar Chase did the gritty dance after, which was like, uh, wild. I was like, oh, yeah. come on, this is wild. <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, just live in a simulation. Yeah, right. Where, where's Elon Musk at? <laughs> rolling around. Um, I'm going to go with Cincy on this one. Okay. I, I, I like it. I like Cincy, what they did. And uh, Pittsburgh, I thought – I picked uh, the Raiders last week to beat – Pittsburgh, which they did, but that was a great I was, call. I really did a lot. I'm like, all right, maybe Pittsburgh might win, but I was like, I got to do something different, edge myself. I thought Miami yeah, could I, handle Buffalo. But that was an, that was an excellent pick last week, by the way. I, I was leaning a little bit Vegas, but I just thought Pittsburgh would win, and I think you had the balls to say it, and you benefited from it. So good on you. Yeah. Next game shouldn't be close. Arizona heading to Jacksonville shouldn't be close. Is very dangerous. So I, I so ironically. A few years ago, so Arizona is now the playoff contender. Jacksonville is now the young team, have quote like everything, whatever. Four years ago, when these two teams played, Arizona was the crappy team. They were um, QB'd by Blaine Gabbert, 
and they were taking on Jacksonville, who was fighting for the division the year that Jacksonville went to the uh, – they were one bad call away from going to the Super Bowl. Blake Jacksonville Bortles. actually – yeah, Jacksonville actually lost in Arizona against um, Blaine Gabbert. Now, obviously, like half the players that play in that game are not even either in the league or on these teams anymore, but so I just thought it was a weird connection to make. But um, it's interesting how four years later the, uh, the roles have kind of flipped. Jacksonville is now the rebuilding team again. Arizona's on the upswing potentially heading to the playoffs as a fun quarterback and everything. Um, what is your read on this game? Is there anything to read or we just kind of breeze and pass this one? Um, the only thing we can read basically is uh, two things. Uh, Kyler Murray establishing himself as the front runner or one of the front runners of the uh, MVP race. And number two, uh, Trevor Lawrence, his progression in Urban yep. Meyer as they're like, you know, two rookies, One's quarterback, one's a rookie coach, I guess, this season. Yep. Uh, how they build it from adversity and build the team up. Um, it might be surprising how close it is in the first quarter, maybe. Yeah. But after a while, maybe even the second half, I think it just runs away with Iris. I'm actually right on uh, on cue. I'm going to actually look up a prop. I might take Jacksonville first quarter money line in this one, um, unless Vegas has the same thought that we both do, in which case I'm not. But I, I, I think that they're going to – I'm with you. I think they're going to keep it close. Minus seven um, is kind of crazy. I think it would be more. At least yeah, seven and a half. I don't know. I, I think Jacksonville will at least be competitive. 52 and a half? I think they're expecting a shootout or Arizona to run away with it. And then, you know, Jacksonville gets the score. Yeah. Uh, because even Buffalo, without with beating with two out, they shut out, but they didn't even get 40 points. That's a yeah, testament to Miami. Thirty-five, nothing, right? Yeah, you would think after knocking out the starting quarterback, that offense is deceased, hmm. especially with Waddle out there as a rookie. I might receiver. take this right on cue. Jacksonville's plus two thirty to win the first quarter. Ooh, even Vegas uh, likes that. Yeah, yeah, I might, I might actually jump on that real quick. Boom! There it is, live on the on the TTP. Trust the yeah, podcast. I'm gonna jump on that. Look, look uh, for I'm our hashtags in the Arizona. Yeah. All right, we're I'll both in Arizona. Yeah, uh, four o'clock window. Jets at Broncos. I have the Broncos. Broncos. Let's just move fast that one. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, that, well, that, that's Teddy a nothing game. Uh, Miami at Las Vegas. Um, I do have a stat real quick. Go for it. Derek Carr. Of all, well, I guess I just gave you the damn answer. Um, <laughs> since 2015, Derek Carr has 24 game-winning drives, which is three more than anybody else. So, obviously, you got to be losing in the fourth quarter in order to make a game-winning drive. Tom Brady doesn't lose that much in the fourth quarter. Mahomes hasn't been around as long. Uh, but Carr coming back in these close games, I think that's actually going to give me Vegas in this game. I like Vegas. Same. I like Vegas a lot. I like Darren yeah. Waller to go off on this game. Waller's fantastic. Uh, Tampa at the Rams. Ooh, buddy. This. This is your game. This is the Joe Buck, Troy Aikman game for sure. This is my game of the week. I, I'm with you. Pencil it down. With Vegas and uh, Miami is my close number two. I like that. Um... Followed by Kansas City Clipper or Chargers, by the way, is my third. <laughs> I have the Rams upsetting Tampa Bay. I don't know if it's an upset. I don't know. The it money technically line. is. Uh, oh, yeah, it's minus one and a half. Minus one and a half. Yeah, minus one and a half. Fifty-five and a half points, which is I think is doable. Oh, I would hit game, the over yeah. on that. I would oh, take yeah. the over. Good offense beats good defense in the NFL. I'm going to go Rams as well. Uh, really? They're home dogs. Yeah, dogs at home. Stafford's first big test since joining his new team. McVay's first test since last year, really. 
Brady and the Bucks going death. on the road. Yeah, first first uh, road game, no, I'm pretty actually. sure. Uh, well, the Cowboys, Dallas. they showed us some, but it's the first time they're going on the road, and they're doing the opposite of what the West Coast teams do. They're flying to the West Coast from the East Coast. Yeah. Um, playing indoors, though, I think that might be a benefit for Brady. He could probably throw the ball. I mean, Brady can do anything, basically, in the snow. Yeah. He could do anything. Um, Antonio Brown possibly out this weekend. I don't know what the actual reason is. Is if he has it or if he's been if it's contact tracing, but he's on the COVID um, list or whatever. Oh, he didn't. The fart COVID related. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. He didn't fart in Yeah, the, he's on the frostbite COVID list. So if Brown doesn't play, that obviously gives the Rams a slight advantage. That might actually you know flip flop the line to minus one and a half Rams. But if AB doesn't play, I think that then it definitely benefits the Rams. I th- I think regardless, LA wins this game. Same. It's a big testament to uh, how highly we think of the Rams with uh, staff for sure. Our uh, our final four o'clock window game. There's four this week again. Another gripe I have is there's like fifty one o'clock <laughs> games and then four four o'clock games. Uh, Seattle heading into Minnesota. Yeah. Interesting matchup there. I like that. That's actually like I. It happens probably a lot, but it feels like an interesting matchup. That's always that's a sneaky uh, game too. That could be close as well because Minnesota finds these. Find themselves in these games yeah. with Kirk. I like the over in that game, fifty-five and a half. Fifty-five. Mm, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I'm going under. I'm going under that one. Yeah. I think. I think I'm gonna go under. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that at all. I like you it around like... the forty. I like around the forty range. If it was in the forties, yeah, I'd probably take it. Um. Dalvin Coe, Justin Jefferson. At home, home opener. Uh, uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, I'll take Seattle. I'm gonna Russell go Minnesota. Ooh. I think Minnesota beats them. They were in the game last week, and they were in the game two weeks ago, and they, they lost both. So, yeah, they lost both. Going home, I think they they eke out a winner. It's a one and a half line, which I think is also a Minnesota line. Um, Sunday night, come in zero and two. Two, two losing uh, games? I don't know. I think they're a tad over in Seattle. Mm. I think Russ is the reason that they're overrated. Um, Sunday night football. This Green Bay, one. San Francisco. This, I think, is easier for me. However, I the longer I've thought about it is uh, I might flip-flop. What, what is your pick for that game? Green Bay, finally, after getting smacked around by famous Jameis, coming around. Look like a close one against Detroit, but they're on the road. Rogers loves to be in the West Coast. Probably has a house out there or two. Uh, I think he's going to show up and uh, lay it out. I think this was the game where that famous referee debacle, unless that was Seattle. But I think it was Green Bay and San Francisco. What, the like touchception? Yeah, touchception. So. Yeah, that was in Seattle. That was Golden Tate. Ah. Um, I understand the reasoning. So I have flipped back and forth. I'll give you the reasoning for both sides, then I'll probably flip a coin in my head. <laughs> Green Bay, Rodgers still has that chip on the shoulder for not being drafted by the, the Niners when they took Alex Smith instead of him. Also, two years ago, they got their butts kicked in the NFC title game by San Francisco, which is the reason I kind of felt like San Francisco could do it because their, their system is such that you or I could be the running back and we would probably run the ball in that zone running scheme that Kyle Shanahan offense and still have success. I am going to go Green Bay. Begrudgingly. I don't feel good about it, but I'm going to go Green Bay. 
now that you said it, I don't feel good about my pick at all. I'm, I'm not going to flip it. Like it's I can certainly set. see them going in there and struggling and losing 21-10. Matt LaFleur and versus Kyle Shanahan. Two yeah, very... I'll, take, I'll take Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan, by the way, has a losing record since coming into the NFL and being a head coach. I know nothing about football now. <laughs> but he, in the this couple guy. years that the that the Niners have tried to, to win games, he's been much better. So, I don't know. I he can build an offensive scheme like no one's business, though. That's a tough one. I think when in doubt, just pick the team that has the better players. And I think Green Bay's got the better players. Expect uh, Chris Collinsworth to foam all over this game. Foam at the moment. Oh, no doubt. Uh, Monday Night Football. Philly, Dallas. I think we kind of teased this earlier. Who's your pick for that one? Dallas. Dallas. Same. And then, yeah. And then do you want to do, do you have an Eagles bold prediction right here? We might as well do um our week three. Locks. Bold, dogs. bold predict. Oh, yeah. Let's do the lock, the dog, the lay. And then if you have any bold predictions, I have three bold predictions. One of them, I believe more than the other two. One of them, I feel like will probably come true. And then one that I'm hoping comes true. So who's your lock this week? My lock is your Carolina Panthers over Houston. My lock is going to be Pittsburgh minus three. Minus three or three and a half? Uh, what is it? I It's minus three for, uh, at home against Cincy. Okay. Minus three. Got it. Uh, wait, do who I who is your dog? We might have the same dog. Wait, hold up. But. You can go. I got to edit. I'm doing the, the spreadsheet in the moment. Gotcha. Uh, my dog this week is going to be the Rams. Ooh. Uh, let's see. I have the Chargers. Okay. And then if you're laying points, which team do you feel the most comfortable doing it with? Give me a second. Give me a second. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Dog is – what was your dog again? My dog is Rams? the Los Angeles Rams. And I have the Clippers. Um, what was the next question? Sorry. Uh, who are you laying points with? Arizona minus seven and a half. All right, I'm gonna go Dallas minus three and a half. Dallas minus three and a half. I like it. Um, bold prediction you said. Let me see. So I have three. I don't know how many you have. Uh, I have just one for the league. It's uh Rams win big, thirty-seven twenty-four over Brady. <laughs> That's it. I thought they were not going to be good. Uh, my, how many? How many do you have? Just one. That was just okay. One, so. so I have three. My one is going to be uh, Dak Prescott throws for twice as many yards as Jalen Hurts. Damn. My second one is Jacob Eason. If he starts, will pass for more yards than Wentz has in either game this year. <laughs> Wentz threw for two forty-seven last week and two fifty-one the first week. So Imagine I think Eason that. will throw for 251 or more yards. Imagine and then my that. third one. My it third falls. one. Yeah, right. Um, my third one is the Yankees play at Boston this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They uh-huh. will score more runs in those three games than the Jets will score on Sunday against the Denver Broncos. <laughs> oh, Jets are like the Mets taking L's. On this it rhymes. So those are my three bold predictions. I think I feel most comfortable with the DAC one. I think the one I feel second most comfortable with is the Yankee one. And then <laughs> the Easton one is my third. Imagine that Easton takes over for wins. Oh my goodness. Not even Frank Wright can fix this guy. 
That's all you're going to hear. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, now that you already talked about the Yankees, let's just move over to the Diamond. Rob, playoff hunt, baby. Talking fightings. MVP race, triple crown, home run kings. Who you got in the fightings? Let's talk about the fightings. Let's touch this. The 77 and 74 record for the fightings. I believe they're three games back of the division behind the Braves. Yeah, Four and a half the in the wild card behind Reds, Cards, and then Dodgers slash San Francisco to toss off at one spot there. What do you got? What, what's uh, your initial takeoff for the fightings this past week? I don't know. They've been up and down, which is a, a common theme for them. It's tough to ask a team to go in and sweep a, a division rival, which they were unable to do against the Mets. They won 4-3 to three on Friday. They were up 4-1, and they almost lost. Saturday, they won 5-3 with a big Harper double in the seventh inning. I want to say seventh or eighth inning. Mm-hmm. Then Sunday night was a tough one. That was a great game, the Mets game against them. Uh, that was Kyle Gibson for the Phillies, and I forget who started for the Mets. But uh, Jeff McNeil homered in the eighth, gave the Mets a 3-2 lead. Then they lost 2 nothing to John Means on Monday, and then they walked off the Orioles yesterday, 3-2. The 100-plus um, loss Orioles, by the way. Let's not yeah, 48-103. I think they will win tonight because Wheeler's pitching. Um, they, they just need to. Um, let's just hope that they bounce back. Last night, was they showed us a little bit, Real mm-hmm. Muto, with the, uh, the walk-off triple. Um, Wheeler tonight, I think, is going to have to just be the horse that they paid him to be. Um, you think seven, as, eight or inning strongs? I think they got to get at least seven out of him. If he goes eight, that's a bonus. Bullpen has been better while not, you know, locked down, shut mm-hmm. down. They have been better. But I mean, these are the Orioles. I mean, that as a testament to that team, I mean, the 100 plus losses, you can basically like write off the, the season, like, all right, whatever, just, just get a paycheck. But they're playing hard. Yeah, they're still playing hard. Two and out the other night. Um, but the fightings, man, what the hell? Can't be listening to teams like that, especially this close to the, the playoff hunt where every every game counts and you're falling deeper and deeper back. If if you do make it, it's basically you've, you barely survived or a massive collapse by the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, so the Phillies have, I believe, 11 games left. The Braves have 13 left. They still play one another at some point this year. That is going to be in Atlanta. And then the Phillies, of course, finish with the Marlins, which is never, (laughs) never good, never, ever gone the way it needs to. So I think the Phillies, uh, if my heart says that they they make a push and they get in, my brain says they probably don't. Um, MVP wise, I think you still got to give it to Harper the way he's played down the stretch, unless he goes ice cold down the stretch, like down this last portion of the schedule, this last week and a half, two weeks. Tatis has been good. But that team was still good when he wasn't playing. He's not the reason that they're good. They're obviously he's one of the most important players on that team, but they have been great with and without him. Yeah. Um, and then in the American League, while we're on it, Sal Perez just broke Johnny Bench's record that has stood for dozens of years for home runs in a single season by a catcher. He is currently tied with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. with 46 homers. Shohei Otani has 45. He's uh, third. I think the MVP over there still goes to Otani. However, I think Vladdy has made a really strong push down the stretch. He's actually right now looking for that triple crown. He's hitting 321. He's got 180 hits, uh, 46 home runs. He's behind, I believe, Perez and Abreu in RBIs. But I, I let me see if I can check that real quick. I think Jose Abreu was the one leading the way 
I mean, Vlad coming into his own, just like his father, crushing the ball left and right, triple crown. They're playing right now. Actually, currently, they're in the middle, of the, the bottom of the second, 0 0 against Tampa Bay. Um, let's see. Can't find it. ESPN, you're dropping the ball here, buddy. Well, nevertheless, uh, do you think he'll be a Triple Crown winner? Uh, Obviously, it stands now, sure, but... So, home runs and a batting average, I think he will finish at the top. Mm-hmm. RBIs are going to be tough because he's 10 behind Sal Perez. Oh, you got it? I don't think he's going to... Yeah, Sal Perez has 115. He's got 105, I think. So, I don't think he'll get the Triple Crown, but he's going to come pretty darn close. Um, Otani has the edge because he pitches. So I'm going to go ahead and give it to Shohei. And what's his record pitching-wise? I have no clue what his record is, but I think he's got like a 3-4 ERA. It's going up a little bit recently. So he's no slouch on the mound is what you're saying? No, he was dominant early on. And then uh, as time has gone on, he uh, his ERA is 3-2 right now. He just went eight innings on the 19th, and I think they lost that game. But uh, his record is nine and two, which is not always indicative of how well a pitcher is doing. His whip is one point one one, which is slightly lower than his two thousand eighteen mark. Uh, but he's done it in twice the games and twice the innings. So fun stuff down the stretch. Uh, baseball is always fun for at least one divisional race and like one wild card race, maybe some MVP Cy Young races down the stretch. Cy Young in the National League seems like it'll be pretty fun. Uh, seems like Scherzer has kind of taken the lead there. Uh, Bueller and I believe it was it Corbin Burns were still in there for a little while. Zach Wheeler's kind of fallen off. And in the American League, it seems like it's Garrett Cole or uh, Lance Lynn is still up there too. So it, it'll be fun. See what happens down the stretch. Yeah, baseball's uh, fun in uh, September and October. Uh, the run's gonna be nice. Uh, yeah. Let's see if the Phillies can uh, get their shit together. Beat the Baltimore Orioles tonight. Uh, I think it's a seven o'clock game. And then, like you said, they have a series with the Braves and then those pesky Marlins. I think it's in Miami on top of that. I think it is in Miami. So, God willing, they sweep them. And by then, hopefully, hopefully, uh, the wild card race is wrapped up. I think it's two spots, right? So, it'll be either Dodgers, yep. San Fran, and then at the moment, it's the Cards, which is Cardinals are always in that playoff hunt with, you know, Yachty. They're always in the playoff hunt. And the Cincinnati Reds are making a push as well up there. So a lot of things yeah. have to happen for the Phillies to get past the wild card. And then the Braves have to collapse. I don't know what their schedule is like heading for, for the rest of the season, but I would imagine they're going to be pretty well unless they come out with a collapse. And it's amazing how they're doing with uh without Acuna. Like it's it sucks yeah. that he's not. And they the lost team, but... um they lost uh Mike Soroka again. Oh, really? And then of course uh, Ozuna with the domestic issue. Jesus uh down the stretch, they have two more against Arizona. They just beat them up the last two nights. They go to San Diego, then they play Philly. Ooh. And then in October they have three at home against the Mets. So they their their schedule seems a little bit more favorable than the Phillies. Um speaking of the Padres, real quick, what do you make of the uh, the Tatis Machado argument in the dugout the other night? Bro. When I first saw it, I was like, what is going on? I didn't understand the context of it. I don't know. And then after a while, I'm like, oh, all right, I guess they had a tough loss when they should have won. You know, I think he was 
they just blew it out of proportion. It's just the media just trying to figure shit out. It happens. And it's just dugout. You know, it's in the dugout. And I think that kind of stuff happens all the time in the clubhouse, not in the dugout right before you head out on defense to, you know, go on the field. <laughs> so it just blew out of proportion. But I like how they, they're they close. And Machado did say he's like the veteran on that team now at age 30, which is crazy to say, um, or, you know, late 20s, whatever. And that they both called the media over prior to game, I guess, you know, batting practice, whatever, and basically told him, fuck off. <laughs> like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> We're cool with each other, and you guys are blowing it way out of proportion. So, I mean, I didn't think anything of it. Like, Yeah, that's always the uh... – that's always what happens. Something like that happens. It's just two guys holding each other accountable. They're probably cool. Yeah. Probably went back into the clubhouse, shook hands, kissed each other. Who knows? And <laughs> the next day they got to go deal with the, just it, it being plastered everywhere on social media. I think, I think it's nothing. Yeah. I, um, I don't think it's nothing, but I don't think it's as big as everybody. Might. It, it, it happens. Guys, we get heated. It's just one guy, you know, trying to keep one, either trying to motivate the other or just trying to keep the other accountable. Um, it's it, a little it's bit of both. Just, Machado probably has a big brother kind of thing with Tatis because he's been there a few years. He's been he's been around. He's been in uh, Tatis' shoes as well. Yeah, Machado, you remember, came up very very young. Baltimore uh, was I thrust into a pennant race a few years later, so he knows what it's like to have the pressure on you. So he's probably got that like big brother, you know, little brother type of deal where you know I can pick on my little brother, but you can't pick on my little brother. For so, sure. And uh, uh, I, I don't think team, it's nothing, but I don't think it's a huge deal. Yeah, they're a team that are on the rise, and he is. Like baseball, not needs, but like Tatis and baseball are like a, a good marriage. They need each other. Um, I like that the two teammates are, they can talk like that shit, hug it out, and then just come together and be like, look, to the media, fuck off. You don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. It's refreshing to see both team, both players come out and just openly talk about it. Unlike our uh, next grueling, horrible segment. Uh, of course. With... Uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, those two don't even talk, basically, but they're on the same team, two best players on the team. And uh, Ben Simmons, this past week, it's, it has come out. He has not said a word. I don't even know how he sounds. I would have to probably go on YouTube and see how he sounds in interviews because I don't hear from him. But apparently, according to Woj, I believe, Ben Simmons, and I'm paraphrasing, is adamant that he'll never play another game for the Sixers and he'll sit out knowing damn well he'll be uh, fined for it. And he's okay with that what do you make of that i mean it's something we already kind of knew because he discussed that but now that it's come out like flat out he's not coming to practice or training camp what do you make from it what do you make of it and where do we go from here i'm not surprised by it uh rich paul of course pulls all the strings i think they just want ben out of philly whether it's because of the embarrassment that happened in the playoffs whether there's actually something else that we don't necessarily know about behind closed doors uh, we've been told that the, you know, the Doc Rivers comment at the at the conclusion of the Atlanta series about Ben Simmons, not like him not knowing if Ben Simmons is a you know a, a championship caliber uh, quarterback, uh, point guard. It, it sounds like it's just a cop out. It seems like just Ben is kind of down here. He'd rather just go be in a small market and put up empty numbers. So, I think he's somebody who would benefit from being a small market star, uh, big market. Obviously, he was good his rookie year or like his his like pseudo rookie year, but um, in my opinion, hasn't gotten any better at really anything offensively since I think it's just, I think that the relationship is kind of soured, whether that's more on his end, whether it's more on the opposing end. I wonder sometimes if Maury truly offered him in a hardened trade, 
and maybe Ben, that's the first time Ben's name has ever really come up in true trade negotiations. And if that might have an effect on him, uh, we don't, we also don't ever talk about how like the psychological aspect plays into trade talks. I'm sure it wasn't easy for if that was actually what was happening behind closed doors and, you know, Ben was offered to Houston. How do you think that makes a guy feel um, like, Oh, well, this team can just trade me willy nilly. Why should I be loyal to them? Maybe that's how he feels, whether it's, uh, you know, whether you defend him for it or disagree with it, who knows, but I'm not surprised by it. How about you? Yeah, I'm not surprised about it, by it either. Um, Philly's a hard nosed towns, you know, gritty, no pun intended with the uh, hockey team's mascot, but uh, it's blue collar and this guy's like a, he's soft. He's soft as fuck. Let's just be, mm-hmm. let's just call it what it is. You barely hear him in the media. You don't see him around town. Um, he basically posts on Instagram all these like subliminals and he's out in LA a lot, bought a house for a mansion out there. He's just, you know, and he games probably a lot on Twitch or wherever. He's, I don't see him hanging out with the team at all. And if you recall last season when they were doing the bubble um, or something to that nature, um, they went to New York, I believe. I remember this because I was at the airport. They played a game against Brooklyn, and they were supposed to stay in the hotel, but Ben left in his own personal driver to go back to Philly when he was supposed to stay. Really? So it seems like, yeah. So it seems like he's, because they kept it hush-hush. Um, that's just breaking news, I guess, but that was like last year anyway. Um, it seems like Ben is just, he plays with the team, he practices with the team, but outside of that, he doesn't hang out with the team. Like if you recall, if you ever watched uh, Thibault's vlogs on YouTube? Yeah. Once, other than team practice and you know, on the plane ride, did you ever see Ben Simmons on tape in the hotels or anything? You would see, you know, an appearance from Embiid here and there. Yeah. But it would be basically Thibault, a couple other players I can't think of off the bat, Harris, mm-hmm. and somebody else. I remember if you're talking about the bubble vlogs, I don't know if you kept yeah. doing it after that, but I know Thibel was in him. Horford was in a couple. Horford, well, obviously, oh, obviously Thibel was in him, but Horford yeah. was in a couple. Um, the guy Mike with Scott the beard. made a couple appearances. Guy with um, the beard. Kylo Quinn was in some of them. That's it. That's probably what it was. Kylo Quinn made a couple appearances, and then um, Harris. Uh, Harris, of course. Yeah, Harris was like a. Cool so I like, see that was like team. a team camaraderie, and you would see him beat here and there. Yeah, making con- but Ben Simmons, you would barely see him. So in fairness, like Embiid doesn't feel like he's you know he's in with that group. Embiid kind of had a crew here when they were all here. You know he was good. He was buddies with Noel, um, TJ, and, and like Stauskas and those guys when they were here. Yeah, and of course he was uh, he was really good friends with Justin Anderson. I think when they signed Justin Anderson last year in the preseason, it was really just to kind of say like, hey Embiid, here's a, here's one of your toys. Um, but I, I don't. <laughs> in fairness, Embiid kind of keeps to himself now that he's got a family and everything too. But yeah. Um, but Ben, I, I feel like doesn't put any effort in, and I don't know. I I'm kind of just like it's giving me oh, a headache right. thinking about Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um. There's been things floating around like John Wall and the Houston Rockets. They've agreed to mutually depart, looking for a trade for him. That could be an option. CJ McCollum is still. I don't know how he feels. Let's. You talk about the psychology of you know, being your name being thrown in trade talks. Oh, yeah. He's a lifer in Portland. Look at him. Oh, let's. Ship him here. Let's ship him there. Like, like Portland's getting rid of him, and the Pelicans is also some noise with uh, Zion, heavy influence. Like he doesn't want to be here. Can you give me some pieces to work with? Even though I do like Ingram and uh, Josh Hart. 
Um, we don't really have to touch on that, but like, what do you think about that? Do you think those are tr- like at this point now that we know Ben is willing to sit out? Do you mm-hmm. take what you can get for him, or do you you wait it out? Like, I I feel like this is a loss the more you wait because his value drops and teams I, are like I th- whatever. I think so too. I I don't even know. It's like, do you just take what you can get, or do you kind of hope a team loses a, an integral piece and? Are desperate, and then all of a sudden they're desperate for a guy. I, I think that one way or another, they will probably get something that is, it, while it's maybe not like technically fl- favorable, it might be something that resembles a favorable package, even if it is, you know, like a Malik Beasley thing, or maybe it's what was rumored with the Pelicans, where it was Josh Hart, Jackson Hayes, and um, there was another name, was it Devontae Graham? Like, if you could just get usable players i mean i know it's not ideal the goal obviously would have been to get a, a superstar like lillard beal but that ship appears to have sailed yeah i don't know i don't think you just take the first deal that comes i think if you're willing to wait he's just going to get fined every day he's not at practice if you're willing to wait somebody will come to you with a deal something will present itself i mean look at the jimmy butler thing when he was with minnesota it was obvious he wanted out they didn't really wait, wait, but they waited a little bit and they got something good for them. I think that I think that might be the approach. Just wait, wait out. I mean, if he's willing to sit out and it's just free money basically coming at you, so fuck it. You basically approach the season if you were Doc Rivers, approach the season as Ben's not playing with this team. So whoever's the backup point guard, with it, whether that be Maxi to start, just build your roster from there and just fuck it. Ben Simmons is out. That's how I would look at it. Because yeah, at this moment we're just speculating like, oh, so if we get CJ, how would CJ? No, or if uh, John Wall. I don't even. I don't even know if they would get a guy like that. The John Wall thing is kind of interesting. I think maybe if Wall gets bought out, he would make sense here. But I don't know if I want to send Ben Simmons over there in a John Wall trade because that's such a pain in the neck to match salary. And how much is Houston truly going to give you if they don't believe he's the guy you're going to build around? Yeah. Right. Uh, that feels more like just a matching salary trade, and it's just like three pieces of stuff or one piece of stuff. Yeah, it's just trash at this point. I don't know. It but is. Like, uh, yeah, whatever. Ben Simmons, uh, we'll keep you updated on that. Probably if something might drop within the next week. That was just a thought of something interesting that we just needed to touch on because we've been talking about Ben Simmons here and there throughout the uh, five episodes we've been doing that already now, posted. So that was the latest thing. It was like, he's adamant. He's like, all right, yeah, I'll sit down. I'm like, all right. So it's official. So we were all right that he will not play a game for the Sixers uh, with, uh, when we had Richard on. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think we hit that one. So trust the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Trust the podcast. Yeah, um, I guess the under half game and whatever. Yeah, all I don't right. know. Uh, moving on to some brevity. because Yeah, something a, that's a little a bit less depressing. Uh, our wins. No, top five Jonah Hill movies. A little crazy segment. Out of this there. was an impromptu thing that came about last week. Yeah, um, do you want to really start? Do you want to do yeah, do you want to do like the thing where you go year five, then I go five, then you go four? So I say my five, you say your five? Okay. Yeah, we'll go one at a time. So we'll work backwards. I think we're both going to have the same number one and possibly the same numbers two and three. But uh, you start with five, then I'll do five, then you'll do four. I'll, I'll say this. I think four. we'll have the same four to five for five on our movies. It's just I think the we'll have be different. four of the same five. Definitely I think number my one, five I think will be... not be on your list. All right, number five is a movie that we mentioned pre-production. <laughs> Accept it. Oh I watched God. that not too long ago. That's my number five. 
except that it's a college movie. Had Justin Long, I believe, was the feature. Made up college school, and uh, he was a guy in, in charge of basically making it legit. Wasn't Blake Lively in that too? I think. I, just, uh, I might be thinking of a different movie though. Let me see. I got, I got my research. I'm gonna look it up too. I have it open on my phone. Blake Lively. Um, but yeah, it was a good movie, and uh, that line was like, "Well, you wanted me. You wanted to be a legit movie. It does look like Blake Lively, actually." Yeah. Oh yeah, that's definitely Blake Lively. Yep. Monica. Yep. More than that. Uh, not a whole lot of people. Uh, Louis Black was in that movie. I like Louis Black. Um, and so it's my number name. five. Yeah. <laughs> Sherman Schrader. I think. Yeah, about the I was just looking at that too. <laughs> yeah, the Sherman. Uh, my number five is going to be the one that's probably not on your list. Um, I'm going to have five is going to be Sausage Party. Not on my list. <laughs> Did you see that movie? No. It's the animated movie. I think Seth Rogen is one of the sausages. It's really crude. Uh, we might get canceled if we talk about it. Um, just go find clips of it. It's pretty funny. It's a rated R, I believe. Uh, the the end is really awful, but uh, that's my number five. Just because I did, I haven't. I'm not a big movie guy. That's gotcha. one of the movies I have seen. <laughs> all right, I'll check it. I'll check out the YouTube trailer to see what it's all about. Um, the trailer won't do it justice because that's allowed to be put on TV. I don't know if this, any of this movie should be on TV. <laughs> um, my number four is. Probably gonna be unpopular choice. Twenty one Jump Street, not twenty two. That was the movie I knew of, and 21. I didn't put it on there because I didn't see it. Uh, it's good. I like it. Um, I mean, I really don't. I, there's not too many Jonah Hill movies. Let's just give it a bean. Let's give it a hundred percent here. Not too many Jonah Hill movies that we can uh, name like ten. But uh, Twenty One Jump Street is pretty good. Like I like it. Uh, I think it was his first movie when he became skinny, quote unquote, like when he lost all that weight. He was predominantly like a big guy, and then he lost. Yeah, he was a little heavy set for a little while. He he looks great uh, recently, though. I mean, I think the the one that gets me was when uh, I think they were talking about it when he was younger, like going to the college, or not even when he was in high school. He looked like Eminem, some shit with braces <laughs> and fucking yellow hair. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, Twenty One Jump Street is my number four. All right, number four for me is a movie called This Is the End. Oh, uh, th- this came out I think in 2013. Good movie. I, I forget get um it would have been higher for me it's a funny movie it would have been higher but following that movie i got a parking ticket and um <laughs> that ruined it for me a little bit um because so, i went to see it in theaters i, I got a parking ticket after that movie so that kind of ruined it but yeah this is the end number four a lot of famous people in that movie rihanna was in it got s- slaps the shit out of michael Sarah. probably the greatest <laughs> part <laughs> uh, i have to watch that movie like it's been a long time but that's a good choice uh, number three is Knocked Up. Classic one. That's mine, number three. That somehow else. missed my list. I have number three as Moneyball. So, Ooh. Except the only thing that kind of sucks is he played a character who technically <laughs> doesn't exist in real I'm life. I'm surprised you picked that because we talked about this, yeah. I think, earlier so, in the yeah. podcast. In fairness, we we were going to tease a, a potential top ten list of, of sports movies. Yeah, that's Moneyball was going to be on there, but I think they misrepresented some of the, the aspects of that season. Yeah. Also, and, and one of the things that gets kind of overlooked is I think Jonah Hill is technically portraying Paul D. Podesta, which was a um, like an executive with the A's. But I think what wound up happening was uh, he his character was like a combination of like two or three different people. I would have to look into it to, so I can double check my facts, but I'm almost positive the, the person who he was like representing was not an actual person. In the same way that like Brad Pitt was Billy Bean, and yeah. we knew that, yeah. but um, 
Jonah Hill, technically the guy that he was like portraying was not a real person. Peter Brand, who doesn't exist. Yeah, that was your your biggest gripe when we went over like possible top tens and you just yeah. went on a tangent. You're like, that team was more than Mulder and XYZ. You were just oh, yeah. going off. I was like, Jesus. Well, they, they paid no off. attention to the pitching. They just talked about Scott Hatterberg and David Joseph. Jonah Hill's character in Moneyball has an intriguing real life story, beginning with the fact that Peter Brand isn't his real name at all. It's Paul B. <laughs> B. Podesta. So yeah, that's basically what it was. So he was Peter Brand wasn't a real person, but some of the things that happened in the movie that his character did were a combination of things that multiple people did. So that would be in my honorable mentions. I just don't re- really truly remember it to put it in my top five. But it's a good movie, even it's a if good it movie. doesn't. If it were like a fictional movie, it would be a little bit better. But because of the fact that if you follow baseball, you know a little bit more about those early two thousands um, mm-hmm. Oakland teams. My number two is uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Mm, another movie I haven't seen. He was fucking phenomenal in that. It was like a different role than like his true comedic. I think most of the movies, if not yet, yeah, all the movies I've mentioned so far are comedies. This was not comedy, but there was obviously some funny moments, but yeah, it was pretty good. I liked it. And I think it was a little heavier at the time still, but it was a good movie. Like I would recommend yeah. it. I like Jonah Hill in general. Uh, yeah. Number two for me is except. Ooh, very high. Look at you. I, Cause I really like that movie. I have it on DVD somewhere. If those still work. I think it's free on, I think, Peacock or something. I saw it like this, and I was like, what is this? All right, so I'm going to guess that we both have the same number one. Yeah. <laughs> Five, four, three, at the same time, right? Five, four, three, two, one, super bad. Super bad. Yep. Yeah. I mean, how can we? Seth. It's such a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking period blood on my leg. What the fuck? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Emma Stone. Why McLovin. Be between that and Muhammad, there's so many good lines for that movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, and all three of on. them, all three of them were just phenomenal in that movie. They put the beer in the detergent containers and they ran down the block. Fuck me, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love people. It. Don't forget. Why don't you go piss your pants again? It's soccer. Relax. Great. Fuck There's so Becca. many great. <laughs> you can watch so many. You can watch that twice and pick up on different. Like two times in a row, still not feel like it's redundant. Yeah. Did you Did you touch Becca with your dick? That's in reference of him drawing mad dicks in a lunchbox, and then I, I forgot about that. One pitcher lands on Becca's fucking leg. <laughs> and it's like a triumphal one. The drawings were awesome as well. A uh, Wendy's. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, McLovin. Fogel. <laughs> it's a dumb fucking name. It's a great show. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's it's a, a, it's a fantastic movie. Um, apparently he hated McLovin on set, like the actor. Oh, really? They, they, they hated each other. Well, Jonah Hill hated him more. So it was like, I would have been loved to have been a fly on that wall. So that puts a damper on things. I still think it's an excellent movie. I don't even know if it's like a top tier movie, uh, but it's, I'm sure it's so cool. funny that it's great. Yeah, I, I might watch it again. <laughs> My day's off. It's that good. All right. Um, right next, before uh, so we end are- this. We have our W and our L. How many do you have and how many do I have so we can determine the order of when we're going to have, we're going to do these. I have, I added, I have three wins, one loss. I have like two and a half wins and two, like one and a half losses. So do you want to uh, start with your, uh, do, you, do you want to do wins first or losses first? I will do loss first. Okay. You go first. All right. My first loss is not that funny. Um, but it's me because I did a weekly picks pool last week with a friend of mine who uh, it's $15 oh, no. to enter. 
and you pick a winner for every team. Yeah. I I was tied for first place with somebody else. We went 12 and four each. And we so the tiebreaker was um the total number of points. Doesn't matter if you go over it or if you undershoot it. Total mm-hmm. number of points in the Monday night game. I had 44 and he had 45, the guy I tied with. So if, if it was 45 or more, he would have won and he did. So 375 would have come my way, but I I went too low on the over <laughs> or too low on the total. I mean, tragic. Terrible. Damn, dude. That's yeah. I can see that loss. I think my loss just doesn't even compare to them. Uh my L of the week happened, I think. The, what was it? I can't even think. It happened like a couple of days ago, but it was uh one, the notorious one, Conor McGregor. Did you see this one? Was that a baseball game? Yes, I did. With see this. uh Sugar Sean Malley, who's a UFC fighter, by the way. Mm-hmm. First pitch of the game. Lefty, by the way, Southpaw. You didn't know. In a full-on suit, probably Austin McGregor, his line. And he just throws one, a wild pitch, all the way, almost into the uh, dugout. Thankfully, it hit uh, the wall. Otherwise, it would have landed in first row. But uh, McGregor, bad first 50 cent territory. Oh, yeah. It's one of the all-time worst. All right. My second and final L is all of the guys who were my, except for one, all of the quarterbacks <laughs> who were my W either last week or the week before. Um I, I called out Tyrod, Jalen Hurts, um, Jameis, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Derek Carr, and Tua. Um, aside from Carr, every single one of those guys lost this week. And uh, most of them were pretty embarrassing. Jameis got crushed. Hurts didn't look good. Uh, Winston's team got crushed. Uh, Tyrod is hurt again. Carr had a good game, but all my old Ws are now my current Ls. So it's crazy how uh, it's a week-to-week league. Yeah, you like you never know, you never know. Um, all right, W's right. Yep. Here we go. First W. Well, I have three. How many do you have? I have like two and a half. I have one real one, and then like two halves. All right. Um. All right. I'll go first. Huh? Uh, I just added this one, so I just happened to be on Instagram. My W's of the week: MJK, Machine Gun Kelly, and Travis Barker. <laughs> These guys are dating dimes. I had no fucking clue. I follow Courtney Kardashian on Instagram. Mm-hmm. She is in every picture with Megan Fox, who's dating MGK, and Travis Barker is dating a Kardashian. So my wins are those two guys dating those two dimes. I had no idea. Dude, Instagram. Holy shit. Awesome. That's like a cheap little one. Uh, but my two real ones are coming up next. But yeah, what is your first W of the week, sir? All right, my first W is a cheapy one. It goes out to Firefighter Joe for uh, passing his like swimming test to hey. be a firefighter. He was in the Schuylkill River on Sunday morning uh, swimming in that. So congratulations to him, friend of the show. Friend of the show. Actual friend of the show. For passing. Yeah, he's a good dude. So congratulations, buddy. And uh, when we start these uh, two podcasts a week, uh, it'll be, I think, on the Friday edition maybe. There'll be some college picks, so he'll either be on or you'll definitely hear his picks on the college. So uh, watch For out sure, for those yeah, I'm going to try to get him on. Um, all right. Uh, my second W of the week is uh, high school football. It was some Hamilton team who was 2-0. and Upsets number seven, Bishop Gorman, not to be confused with uh, the other team, the other Bishop team. <laughs> um, oh, they I saw won, this. I forgot about this. They won 25-24 after being down 24-7 with 
70 seconds, a minute and 10 seconds left in the game, came back, scored 18 points to win, if my math is right, 25-24, upset number seven, Bishop Gorman. That was pretty awesome. So yeah, they, uh, they recovered two onside kicks. Incredible. Pretty crazy. Uh, yes, um, that's my uh, second W of. Right, so my only real W goes out to uh, Joey Votto and a younger kid named Shay. I'm sorry, named Alex Shay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this has a little bit of a backstory to it. Uh, a few years ago, I believe it was five years ago, Joey Votto, something that, so a lot of these athletes will go and visit these children's hospitals and it's just like a token visit, make them look good. Joey Votto apparently does this all the time and doesn't want anybody to know about it. He went to visit this kid in a hospital a little while back, about five years ago. His name is Alex Shea. He was uh, fighting cancer, pretty close to being like mentally done. And Alex said this um, recently that he was like pretty close to just like giving up. Uh, Votto went in, talked to him about who knows what, probably just baseball. Let's fast forward five years. Alex is now a starting pitcher for the University of Cincinnati, pumping 95. He's healthy now. Wow. And this past weekend, for the first time in five years, these two guys saw each other face-to-face. And uh, I would imagine Alex shared that story with him. And it was shared on the Reds broadcast, I believe, either Saturday or Sunday, which is just amazing. So it goes to show that I don't think anybody's ever said anything negative about Joey Votto, but you're certainly not going to hear me say anything. It, it, he's one of the good guys in baseball, and it's nice to see him doing well again um, after a slight downturn last few years. But Joey Votto, good guy. Awesome. And congratulations to Alex, who's now back on track and back healthy and playing baseball in college. For sure, man. Big uh, big ups to both those gentlemen right there. Pumping 95? Jesus. I love it. Good story for Joey Votto. I like it. That's a good one, Rob. Good uh, good, uh, W right there. Uh, My last W of the week has to go to these number one. Philadelphia Wolves, two and zero, two and zero. The Philadelphia Wolves. If you didn't have the money line, money line, ladies and gentlemen, this past Sunday, which was a plus two twenty, you might be beating yourself over the head because your boy here, me, smashed that one, took the money line, didn't touch the overs because you know it's eleven and a half runs, I believe. Uh, but why do I pick the Philadelphia Wolves? Because not only are they two and zero, not only did they just beat the, I believe, the state champs. This Pat, the reigning state champs, but yeah. it's also led and managed by one Rob Van Grable, co-host of this very podcast. So, Rob, take it away. The Wolves, 2-0, and my W of the week. Yeah, when I'm not pretending to know anything about professional sports, I'm playing a semi-professional sport. Uh, Wolves just defeated the Mount Laurel Mayhem on Sunday. Cool name. <laughs> um, we beat them, I believe it was 11-8. Uh, which sounds closer than it really should have been. We were missing a couple guys, and we pieced it together with six pitchers. Beat them 11-8, played good fundamental baseball. We're 2-0 right now in a, uh, a South Jersey Fall League. Uh, the Mayhem were the defending champs from the spring. So that's a big feather in our cap. Um, obviously, in a league that nobody really knows who we are, and we don't know anybody else, we went into that game basically just training it like any other game, didn't realize they were the defending champs. So You are the Las Vegas Knights. Golden Knights, whatever yeah, right. they're called. Unknown yeah, team, uh, new, come in, defeat the champs, going on a run. Yeah, I refuse to jinx it, but I, a couple people have told me that that was the best team, and they expect us now to just run the table, which would be cool. Hey, go ahead, King. Got to uh, show the trophy when you win it on the podcast. Yeah. We'll post it on the Instagram, which, which you can yeah. follow us at PA underscore turnpod. First time we've mentioned that, I think. <laughs> 
Um, oh, anything to watch this week? I mean, we're recording on a Wednesday, so this will air Thursday. But yesterday, if you're listening to this on Thursday, obviously you are. Uh, AEW's Dynamite. It's the big show. It's in Queens, New York. I think it's in the new stadium they're trying to build into that New York market. It's a big card. Daniel Bryan versus uh, Kenny Omega. Uh, Rob's biggest fan there. The Chuck yeah. Palumbo looking guy as the champ. It's a, it's a stack card. Al Snow. It's a stack card for sure. Uh, I can't really name the, cards off, the fights off the top of my head. Uh, the women's champion, Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker. Adam Cole, Bebe, with the Young Bucks, tag team, former tag team champions against Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and somebody else. I forget. But uh, yeah, it's a good card. Uh, that's my one thing to watch, but it, it already had passed by the time you wa- you listen to this episode. So Rob, anything you have uh, for the people to watch this weekend? Uh, well, next Monday, Dancing with the Stars episode two. Uh, we're rooting for Amon Shumpert this season, even though he just got fucked by uh, Len on uh, Monday. He got a four, which I thought was unwarranted. Should have been three times that. Uh, Amon Shumpert, friend of the show, the only athlete, I think, on this season's uh, Dancing with the Stars. So when that Monday night game goes sideways and the Eagles start getting their butts kicked, just throw on uh, ABC. <laughs> uh, mute the TV when Tyra Banks starts speaking, but uh, when when Shumper comes out, start uh, start watching the rooting for him. Yeah, right. Uh, any predictions on his score? Uh, right, hopefully it's not a four again. <laughs> oh, Otherwise, uh, he's going home first. Do you think he'll uh, advance? I mean, obviously, friend of the show, we want him to advance, but... I think he'll stay in it a little bit longer than he probably should, but he, I thought he was fine. Um. Is there a clear-cut favorite? Like, you know, all right, this will be in the finals. I don't, I've never uh, I, watched I really have, the show. I don't, I don't know who any of these people are, but uh, they, they kind of hyped up a couple of different people, but I don't know who they are. I think one of them is like a, a bachelor guy, and then another one's like a, I don't know, they're always finding random people. I've been seeing... Uh, the guy from Karate Kid is in it, though. The, uh, yeah. the bad guy. Yeah. I was just going to say that. I was watching... Dark Side of the Ring on Hulu, and the ad is always, is always Dancing with the Stars. So I thought the new season's coming up, but apparently it's already started. It just started this past Monday. Okay, that's, so that's what it is. But yeah, I see Tyra Banks, and I see them. I see him on Shumper. I saw Cobra Kai's uh, guy, but I also I saw Melora. Melora something? No idea. A blonde lady? She is uh, oh, Jan she, uh, from The Office. She's Michael's oh, okay. boss. So uh, Lori Lachlan. I'm sorry. Lori Lachlan, isn't that from Full House? Yeah, her daughter, I think, is on it too. The one that was caught up in that scandal. Um, she's one of the contestants. So, you imagine they came up to her like as their publicist, hey, to uh, read to do some oh, damage sure. control. Get Probably on the show. It was. <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right, Joel. Next week, what we have in store, we're going to take a look back at our week three picks, take a look back at Eagles versus Cowboys on Monday Night Football. We'll preview next week's Thursday night game as well. And also see how we did with our picks, our trust the parlay segment, any props that we post on the Instagram this weekend. Uh, We may or may not do another podcast after this one releases a short one, possibly, or we'll just put some college football picks on the Instagram. Uh, We're going to turn the page in the Ben Simmons saga. I'm sure by the time we record next week, something else will have happened. So we will react to that. Baseball, once again, getting closer and closer to the finish line. We'll break down the MVP race, Bryce Harper versus Fernando Tatis Jr. and Shohei Otani versus Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Take also a quick look at whether or not Vlad Guerrero has a shot at the Triple Crown. And then we're also going to potentially touch on 
the list of potential Washington football team names, pick out the ones that we like, or if we can come up with any that we prefer. But that's all what we have in store for next week. Uh, once again, if you leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app, we will see it and we will read it on next week's pod. Of course, if it's not extremely vulgar, you can follow us on Instagram at PA underscore turn pod, or send us an email, either a mailbag question, some criticism, constructive criticism, or if you want to get on the show, PA turn pod, all one word at gmail.com. And as always, we thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a great day and a great week. Thank you.